welcome to the Gamers Confessional, a special show. This is the Witcher spoiler cast that we've been promising for about ooh, three months, is it, Clarky? At least. At least three months. Um, so the first thing to say is if you uh, haven't played The Witcher or you intend to play The Witcher, um, this is going to be ridden with spoilers. We're not, we're not covering up anything. We're going to talk about everything we can possibly think of. Um, so stop now and save us on your podcasting of choice come back to us in about oh, 120 hours worth of gameplay when you finish the damn game and then and then re-listen to it um pet if you're listening turn off because you are not worthy of listening to what this game delivers okay i'll make no secret of it this is probably the, my favorite game of all time um, well i know it's not just because siri looks damn fine in it um so we're gonna yeah like i said we're gonna kind of it's gonna be quite meandering because this this is how how this game kind of plays uh because you kind of you know you start off in white orchard and then you work your way through you know outside of valen and then novigrad and whatever but you do tend to take a kind of meandering path and this is kind of the way that the, this podcast i imagine is going to go uh because obviously clarky and i have done extensive preparation for this haven't we clarky yeah type some words onto a document yeah that's pretty damn impressive for Clarky, to be fair. Um, but obviously, uh, this can tangent all over the place. I'm going to try and steer towards kind of following it in some kind of order as far as the main quest goes, but I just imagine we're just going to end up all over the place. Um, I'm using, of course, just to keep track a little bit, my Bible. That is my ultra special sexy Witcher Wild Hunt Collector's Edition strategy guide, which is awesome. Um, and that's more just to remember the names of people and places than anything else. Um, so if you do hear random flickings and stuff, that's just me um, going <laughs> to the relevant <clears throat> page. Of so course. I guess we should start with kind of how we came to the game because I'm 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 easy because it's you know this is The Witcher, this is this is my bag, this is my thing, this is what I love. This is you know I read all the books. I'm well up on playing the first. I've played the first Witcher game. I think two, twice, two, three times through. I think, well, no, two and a half times, I think. And I played The Witcher 2, th- two through, Witcher 2 through, Witcher 2 through a couple of times as well. Um, so this was always a given, and I was incredibly excited about um, the launch for it. But Clark, I've never actually found out how you came to play it. Why, why, why did you start playing this game? Why do I start playing any game by Amazon? Because you recommended it. There you go. And then you continuously pestered me until I purchased it. That's right. And you regret it massively, don't you? Oh, not at all. Yes, because... Because Vimes is always right. I'm not going to say that. Okay. You, no, you have a higher correct ratio than you do not correct. Unless your name is Pet, in which case... <laughs> we're both screwed. <laughs> so, um, I guess comparisons to the previous game um, should, should be made in order. Obviously, there's quite a big jump between The Witcher 1 and The Witcher 2, but between The Witcher 2 and Witcher 3, not as big a jump as you might think they they obviously streamlined an awful lot they made things like um potions and gathering and stuff much much simpler the ui was actually much much less cluttered than it was in previous games really to... oh yeah <laughs> you just put me off playing the first two then. don't play the first one is first one's amazing first one is kind of like i think you can play it you can play it in a kind of isometric top-down view and that's kind of how how it, it that's how it the UI is almost. It's like an old Baldur's Gate type thing. There's an oh awful God. lot of kind of point clicky type moving things around in inventories and having you know, it's it's an amazing 
um, amazing work of art. But yeah, it's uh, it's no, it's it's not particularly intuitive. Witcher Two obviously did a much bigger, better deal of it. And if anything, the shortfalls of the of the Witcher Two were the fact that it was uh, it was quite linear. Um, there wasn't a huge amount of variety in certainly the enemy types. Um, there wasn't a massive variety amongst. There was, I think, um, a couple of trolls, mainly harpies, if we're honest. Um, lots of killing harpies. And then there was um, a, a really interesting way they did the story, where they they split the story in the middle. So they kind of did Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3. And Act 1 was uh, up to a certain decision point. And that decision point, you either went one way or you went the other way. You either went with... Um, Yorveth or you went with Vernon Roach and that kind of steered you into Act 2 and Act 2 either went one way or another they were completely different if you sided with Vernon Roach you went a completely different way than if you sided with Yorveth and uh, that was amazing but obviously you only got the best of that if you played the game through twice which surprisingly enough most people didn't um, but it was still an amazing game and then The Witcher 3 came out and we are talking full on open world uh, amazingly detailed, uh, beautiful. Um, the music, the music grates me a little bit. I'm not a big fan of the bagpipes at the best of times. Uh, I tend to the, the 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 opening scene. I tend to kind of uh, get past as fast as I possibly can, just because I can't stand that like, noise all the time. Um, so yeah, I picked it up when it first came out. So what were your first impressions of the game, Clarky? Let's let's go with that. Because um, you, you not played The Witcher One or The Witcher Two? No, I hadn't. Um, I went. I went into this with open eyes, and I wasn't disappointed. It was. Um, I was very impressed with it. I, it felt a little bit, dare I say, Dragon Age at the very no. beginning. Oh, do you think? Yeah, I thought. Hmm, have I just got another Dragon Age clone? But then no, that became apparent that I hadn't. Uh, I was very, very impressed. The, it, it looked stunning. And I, I, I don't know, I just seem to instantly click with it. Um, it's something that the game actually did quite well for me. I'm sorry, I haven't played the original two, and it, it, it didn't sort of punish me for that, if you will. It wasn't like, oh, who's here? Or, well, obviously knows that person. You kind of, it, it kind of gives you a subtle hint that, yeah, he knows these people, or he knows someone he's met before, which uh, which I quite liked, because I was able to figure that out. Did you... Um... I'm trying to think. Did you, uh, when you were, first went into the game, did this? The, did, did they do like a kind of what? Ha this is what's happened, or uh, I, I can't fully remember. When they no. Did an intro to what it. So it how was, did you pick up on the story? Because that's it. Because you were talking to Ves, um, Vesemir, weren't you, at the fireplace at the first? Uh, you the, were the. I know there was kind of um, when you first go and meet the. Uh, Meet the emperor, if you will. The uh, uh, barber. Yeah, exactly. They they sort of ask you questions. It's, it's sort of asks you questions, doesn't it? It's like, mm. oh, these are obviously decisions that I didn't get to make the first time, you know, because I didn't play the other games. And it was like saying, you know, did you know when you were here, did you do this or did you do that? And it was like, all oh, right, yeah, I'm I'm being made to make decisions that have happened in the other games here. Mm. Yeah, it was it was an interesting way of doing that. I think trying to. Instead of trying to, like, obviously, you can't really import a save because you're talking about no. going cross generation for most part. And cross platform. Uh, and yeah, and cross platform. Um, so it was an interesting way they chose to do that. Very similar to sort of, I think, Telltale when they sort of they do that. What did you choose, kind of thing. I'm kind of glad they did it that way because 
if they'd have done it right at the start, I'd have probably found myself less interested because it's like, oh god, I have to go through all this shit. But by the time it gets to it, you kind you of already, yeah, you're invested in the game, yeah. so it's like, all right, yeah, funny, you know, I'll sit through this. Interesting to see what happened before and all that. Yeah, it was an interesting one because I was the way that I felt a little not cheated by it a little, but I, because it was a while ago, I couldn't remember. And some of the the um, the way that the, the kind of the barber, um, or the, sorry, it wasn't the barber, was it? It was the, in, the Inquisitor or whatever his name is. The, the guy, you know, yeah, the chap. Uh, what's his name? Anyway, the guy who came to talk to you, the furiously flicks the guide. Yeah, no, I'm not even going to bother doing that. It was, uh, you know, who, who it was, a, I was going to say a chaplain, but it's not, it's the, you know, the main man, the helper, whatever. Yeah. He sort of asked you the questions, but the way he was wording them, I wasn't quite clear what he was talking about. Because I think I'd have had to play The Witcher 2 immediately before playing The Witcher 3, before trying to remember all the bloody things he was talking about. Um, you know, and some of them were, some of them were yeah. obviously... I, I mean, I had, a, I had a vague idea, because, and this was because I think I watched... Uh, it was something like a 25 minute YouTube video which basically covered the first two games yeah yeah I mean, you, you could do that um, I didn't need to but um, I could totally imagine it might have not been a bad idea so you go into the game and you go to White Orchard which yeah. is an, I think is a really good way of starting a game like it this was. it gives you a beautiful kind of gives you a taste of everything in a, in a what you, you you first go into it you think this is bloody massive this is amazing this is huge open world and then you kind of do all these tutorial missions, which is effectively what they are. And then you suddenly, when you come out of White Orchard, you suddenly realise that, that was nothing. Exactly. That was just, that was absolutely nothing. That was just, you know, a, 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 a duchy. That was just, that was like, that was like a, a township <laughs> or something like that. Um, I do want to talk about that, that, that White Orchard though, because they gave you actually one of the, the way they introduced the monster hunting um, and the questing in that with the Noon Wraith. Yes. At the well, uh, yeah. which I thought was a really solid quest to kind of get you into the idea of how Geralt sort of tracks down his foe and works out what they are. And the fact you have to go and speak to people and you have to kind of get clues about what the monster is and get your potions ready and do all this and then go and wait for noon before the thing appears and all that. I thought that was a brilliant way of doing it. It wasn't. I mean, if you really think about it, all of the Witcher quests are kind of like that in a way, but it it doesn't get old, if you will. It's it's not it's not you know it's not the same to the point where you're just going oh fetch this fetch that. It's it, it, each little each little hunt's got its own little story to it as well, which is a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, it did really well with with kind of giving you different monsters and variety of monsters, but also it got to the point as well when when it was the same, you started to get to recognise the signs of them. Yes. It, as as you got deeper into the game, so now I can go into a game and. I can pretty much work out what kind of monster it's going to be just by maybe how it, how the death has happened or, or, or you know various different sort of clues before it sort of gives you an obvious answer. Um, so you do actually find yourself learning. And, you, and I, it was amazing the amount of times now I know, you know, if I want to go and tackle a Noon Wraith, I know exactly what potion I need to have on my sword. I need to know what... Um, Sorry, what oil I need to have my sword. I need to. I know what potions I need to drink. I know how best to sort of affect it, what signs to use, and it's all just because you. It's forced you in. Well, it doesn't force you, but it makes it your life a hell of a lot easier if you've gone to research kind of all those things about how to how to take on one of these beasts. And in that sense, the glossary, the um, the kind of beastery, if you will, is actually really fantastic. 
um, and they did an awful lot of work, not just with the beastery set, but with the glossary around the, and the list of characters and all this, and about how it's how it's laid out in the, in the menus and stuff to kind of help you work out. So it doesn't give too much away. It's done in such a way, if you find a clue out about a monster, it doesn't give you like the whole blurb on the monster all at once. It will break it down. No, it, it breaks it, break it down. It's kind of, it kind of updates in real time, if you will, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things that um, is, a, is another nice touch because it can't spoil it for you. So you can go and read up about Noon Wraiths, but it won't tell you, for example, about the Sun Yurden unless you actually go and read up on it. Or it won't tell you about their weakness to... Well, anything really. It just it, you have to, until you've discovered it, um, which I think is, which is a really great touch. But um, let's move on. So you kind of you come out and you go into uh, Vellum proper uh, when you come out of White Orchard. And what did you do first then? Because you kind of come out and you're I think you're by the um, the hanging tree, aren't you? You are, yes. Which is a beautiful landmark. <laughs> a dead tree with. 20 odd bodies hanging from it. Sweet. Um, <laughs> what did you do? Well, what I tend to do with these sorts of games is um, on entering an area, I kind of follow the main quest point for a little while, if you will. Mm. Just, just if anything, just to get my bearings. Yep. And that's basically what I did in that section. And I'm trying hardest to remember what the bloody uh, first few missions were in that. <laughs> I think the first one it tries to set you off on is obviously um, what many people have referred to as kind of the pièce de résistance, the the bloody Baron quest. Oh, of course. Um, but this is this is an, uh, to, to kick off. Well, it's effectively you come out the prologue and you you start doing the bloody Baron quest line. To kick off with this is just. It's a tour de force in storytelling in games. It's just immense. The way you have to kind of go and see the Bloody Baron to find out about what's happened to Siri. The way you find out about the Bloody Baron in the first place. Um, you know, you, you hear lots of kind of things from villagers about all oh, the Bloody Baron this, the Bloody Baron that. And then you actually go and meet the guy and you realise he's pretty much just some gang leader who just happens to have kind of muscled his way into this, <laughs> yeah. into this, into this fortress. And... Um, Actually, seems quite a nice guy, really. <laughs> Apart from obviously the the, the bloody bit. Yeah. Um, and you start to learn about his his problems with his wife, and um, the fact that he you know he, he spins you some yarn about how she's yeah. She's the, I I really did like the way that they did that because it was kind of it, it, at certain points in the story you kind of went from you know liking the guy to hating him when it comes about that he's basically beating his wife up and then you kind of feel sorry for him when you find out the reason for that as well which again i thought was i thought was a nice touch they just went that extra mile just to make not make it look like it was a complete cop out and they, they really made i think the thing i've always loved about the witcher and the, certainly the way that cd project red have kind of handled the storytelling is they've they've not tried to explain things to you they treated you like an adult who can understand shit you know, so they don't have to sit there and going. The man was feeling sad because this happened. That it just comes out in the dialogue. It comes out in the way the facial animation is. It comes out in the things you find. The the um, the emergent kind of the storytelling that comes out of just when you're going when you go into the 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 rooms, the wife's rooms, and you're kind of surveying the damage that's been there. Yeah. And 
that's when it starts kind of ticking over in your head. Hang on, this is this isn't normal damage. Something's been going on here, and Geralt's kind of making little observations to himself that kind of lead you to think, hang on a second. He never actually comes out and says, I don't think he's been beating the shit out of his wife. He just sort of says, um, you know, there's obviously been a fight here, something's been happening. And then goes to see see the Baron who kind of lets it all spill, and it's all very it's all kind of done very naturally. It's not done in a kind of, they don't try and shy away from anything. They treat you like you're an adult. It's, you know, and it's done. Yeah, like... even in the dialogue options, if I remember, you know, there's a kind of, there's a kind of option to straight out accuse him of being a bastard or just, you know, sit back and let him tell you more. Yeah. And it, but it gives you that option to just charge in a bit an ass. Um, one of the things I'm quite interested in doing is actually when I, when I finish this, uh, so say when I finish this this period of lots of games, I'm thinking oh, it's probably never going to end. I want to go back and replay it because I want to find out what happens if I decide to call him a bastard. What happens if I don't listen? What happens if I go down different routes? But that's by the by. There's so many of those things in these quests and stuff, um, you know, that it's just oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it is going to be bloody yeah. Fun. I, I I wouldn't mind giving it another go at some point. There is a lot I. There's a lot of decisions I'd like to try the other way. Mm. Um, so that bloody Baron takes us to one of the more disturbing parts of, of I guess, humanity, really, with the wife's miscarriage yes. and um, what you then have to go and do. And I found that really difficult. Um, I have two young children. Um, you've sired more than your fair share. <laughs> I, 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 it was really quite difficult for me to play this bit and that wasn't just because it was dealing with children and infants and it wasn't because it was dealing with um, you know anything particularly sort of like I'm, I'm a particularly emotional person when it comes to that it was just done so bloody well oh absolutely and the remorse in the Baron's speech and his movement you know when he's taking you to the grave is just like it's perfectly done it's it's absolutely you know really really nicely done and um then it gets dark <laughs> because you effectively pick this 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 baby up this corpse and you go and bury it under a um under the was it the lintel of the doorway or something like that that was it yeah the curse um i must give a little shout out as well to the, the various pop culture references that keep popping up i think of the some of the guards in the um in the house as, <laughs> as you kind of walk down the stairs giving lots of there's lots of pulp fiction references in this oh, there is. and they're talking about not wanting to wake the gimp and the fact that the gimp's asleep and stuff and you're just like yeah okay <laughs> get the point um but anyway so yeah so that that happens and that leads you to go to well, that kind of finishes that quest line until you go to the. Because I do, line. I do like as well how. I mean, obviously, again, not playing Witcher one and two, I, I wasn't aware of who Siri was, and it was nice to be able to, kind of play those little bits of the story from her point of view as well. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like the bloody Baron saying, "Oh, you know, we we brought her back here. She was half dead," and then. It sort of switches to a scene of you playing Siri, and you, you yeah, kind of find out, scenes, yeah, the flashbacks and how you found out how she was half dead when he found her and everything. And they did that really well through up until the point where you're up until the point where you're actually united again, where you and where, you know where Geralt finds Siri. Um, 
they they do that really well they kind of interject those Siri moments just when you might have you know where, where it's quite a natural break you want to come away from Geralt for a bit and it doesn't feel like you're kind of you know sometimes when you play a game and they make you play a second character you feel like you're being ripped away from the main story yeah or you kind of feel like why are you doing that now don't do that now I've just got to the fun part you know and this is always <laughs> done really well in fact I was I was actually more disappointed in this game for not letting me play more as Siri um, especially with some of the combat power she comes into later which are just bloody good fun oh yeah what I wouldn't give for that dash attack which yeah that's an amazing one with the one where you kind of have the area of effect and the longer you hold it the bigger the bubble goes and she just goes boing 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 <laughs> just kills everything um, uh, it, it was used as a bit of a cop out towards the end of the game though. oh I rinsed it I really did I, I absolutely fucking rinsed that move but yeah it got you know the end it was um, yeah um, so we then go to the Crookback Bog and we go and meet these these lovely witches who you just know are going to be assholes. And the, the interesting part about that, and I'm not going too much into that, is the kids and the fact yes. that you've got these lovely children scaling it, around. You know, it was seven... at the end of that quest where it took a really sinister turn. For yeah, me, it's it it's kind of... Of, they just disappear. Yeah, it kind of heavily implies that the witches have eaten them. Yeah, there's no. But they don't, this is what I love about it, is they never said what happened to the children. They didn't have to. They didn't have to sort of say, and the children escaped into the wild, or, you know, the children were taken home by their loving parents. Just, or they don't even tell you that the witches have had their way. They just don't mention them. Yeah, plus the fact that they kind of reappear as well. The crones later on in the game makes you think, those kids are gone. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, but it's just it's it's an amazing thing you kind of you sort of think hang on hang on hang on a second it's quiet around here where are the little children <laughs> um, but yeah you meet you meet um, the Baron's wife and um, she's basically mental um, she's lost it completely uh, unsurprisingly somewhat and has also kind of been trapped by the crones into this thing and and again really touching was the the kind of reunion and the baron actually sort of saying look you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give everything up for you i don't know how you finished that quest line um um he ended up leaving to try and make a better daughter wanted nothing else to do with them yeah that sounds about the same as mine then yeah i did i did like how again just how it padded the story out with the crones as well because there was a, a, a there's a section in a village just outside crookback where the uh somebody there has his ear cut off and you're kind of thinking well why is that happening yep. it, it like strikes home when you see that one of them's wearing ears around its neck think, you know this is how i this is how i hear what's going on in the world it's like oh jesus that's creepy yeah that's the one where they they go and they say to you go and have to get his you, you have to go to the village and get the elderman's price that's it it, it can be quite sinister it's, i mean another few points like the thing with the kids the fact that it you know, it, it kind of makes you play hide and seek and gets you uh, sort of invested in them as characters only if you just like rip them away and like imply that they've been killed. Yeah, and it was, um, I think one of the things I really liked about that whole Crookback thing was the, um, the oh, I can't remember his name now, was it was it Johnny? The little, oh, the, uh, the little yeah. kind of, oh, not Elfling, but the, I can't remember what, the, what he was called now. I am desperately flipping through my 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 god Johnny the Godling. The Godling, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Probably one of my favourite characters in the game, actually. Um, just, just a really nice character, just kind of like 
a bizarre character, a rude character, uh, very coarse, talking about basically, when did you see my suit? Well, I was having a shit at the time. Yes. And also, before that as well, it's like, at several points in the game, it kind of goes into almost fairy tale territory, doesn't it? The whole, you yeah. know, fo- follow the candy to get to Crookback Fog, and then, yeah, they, they, they you know, it... you Johnny's voice has been stolen, you have to get it back for him. Yeah, and I think this is what I was trying to explain to Pet um, about the game when I was trying to explain to him. It's not dark, as in it's not depressing, although parts of it are incredibly sad, but it's just dark in the sense of the subject matter it deals with. I mean, we're only like partway into the game. We've So far we've had miscarriages, we've had you know, kids probably being eaten, um, candy trails laid to witches' houses, all sorts those, of horrible those, stuff. Those two soldiers right at the start. Yes, there's that as well. I mean, there's, there's lots... Of, what I love about this game is just the number of little vignettes that are around, the little stories that I'm, I haven't even found them yet. You know, there are some, I'm sure there are some stories that you know. I know you've done a couple of things, uh, like Pig's Quest and stuff like that, that I haven't even. Stumbled now, across. Yeah, that, that's something I wanted to touch on. To touch on about as well was the uh, the Pig's Quest was part of the was it about 16 pieces of free DLC you got with the game? Yeah, yeah. And and that really made it for me because it, you know usually with additional DLC it's just superfluous chuff that you end up getting. But, uh, there well, was some... to be fair, part of it was. Well, yeah, you got. I mean, 16, 16 bits of DLC, which included uh, a beard kit, I think, and <laughs> <laughs> the haircut. So I mean, they did. They, you know, they... But the the, con- the Witcher contracts they added to it were good as well. Again, entering fairy tale territory. The, the pig quest, where all of the you come across this village that's just got this one person and a lot of pigs in, and then you discover that they touched some uh, treasure they weren't supposed to, and that the pigs are actually the villagers. And you've got to go to sort of make them all human again. Yeah, I haven't got to that quest yet, but I'm I'm quite looking forward to it. It, it, um, it was it was good, and the uh, I think the other one was where you enter a village and everybody's been massacred, and the only survivor is this little girl who's really kind of scared of you because. Oh of who gosh, you no, are. That's, isn't that after the witch has been through there? That's it. Yes. Yeah, there's that, another that... witcher from the line of the wo- uh, not from the wolf from the, the line cat. of the cat. That's right. Uh, and it, it was you, you're trying to piece together what looks like some sort of monster attack, and then you find out it was actually another witcher that did it. And... Yeah, because he didn't get paid. Yes. And I felt really bad about that. I mean, like I, I remember that little girl because you have to take her and you kind of leave her by this tree, and I'm like thinking, I don't really want to leave you here. <laughs> I'm leaving you in the middle of a forest with loads. I can see, I can, you know, I can see lots of shit happening around. Um, um is this a good idea? Um, but yeah, what did you do when you caught up with him? Oh, I killed him. Yeah, beheaded the little bastard. He, um, he was a tough fight, though. Yeah, he was quite difficult, but then he should be. He's he's supposed to be on a par with you. You know, he is supposed to be your equal. Well, not your re- equal, but... If I remember, there was some option to make the fight easier, which I didn't take. Uh, God, for the life of me, remember what it was, but there was some way of doing it, so it made the fight a lot easier, but... It was I something about of... his swords or something. You could get ready or or not be ready. I can't remember. What yeah, it was. I think it was something like that. But again, it it, it was just a ni- it was just a nice another nice little story to have on top of everything else. And the fact that it was, you know, it was just basically free bonus content. But again, they'd obviously put some care into it. Mm. Okay. So then um, we went to one of the most probably harrowing story. Well, not harrowing storylines, but one of the most harrowing scenes that you never actually get to see 
Um, and this is Annabelle on Fike Isle. Um, oh, the ghost. In the house of no, in the house of um, in the house of rats. I think I I ended that up was referring it, yeah. to it. And this is this is the woman who has been. Uh, the story comes out when you when you go through there. You've been sent there by I think Kira Met sends you there. Um, and you go to find out what's going on, and it turns out that there's a, a woman there who, um, in, to escape being mauled by villagers, so we say probably raped and killed, uh, takes a potion similar to Romeo and Juliet, and it, again is a pastiche of Romeo and Juliet. Um, takes a potion which sh- sh- pretends that she's dead, to basically say, you know, okay, um, no life signs, blah blah blah. So the villagers leave her alone. But what the villagers then do is they free all the rats that they were uh, using in their experiments and the magician was using in his experiments to um, do whatever it was he was doing, I can't remember now, but they, the rats then end up eating uh, the still alive Annabelle. Yes, yeah, so they kind of drugged her, hadn't they, to make it look like she was dead. Yeah, she, she, she drank that potion to, so that she would escape the, the ravaging, um, lying on the floor and the, it's they never show it, which is great because it's just the way she tells it and it's the way she tells the fact that she's sitting there while rats are inside her mouth chewing at her cheeks and, and you're yeah. just sitting there thinking this is you know it is really stomach churning stuff and it's just bloody good writing you know it's just really really well written and um i do believe you unleashed that hell onto the earth if i remember rightly <laughs> is that correct that's correct yeah i i actually managed to um save the day with that one um never take the fucking bones of a beast away from its you just don't do it mate i don't know what was the, what you were thinking of um but that was just another great story that was kind of you know just just amazing oh is, is that the one where i kind of took it back to the block and yeah uh, there was a, yeah. a the fisherman in his shack that she'd been having a bit of a way with and um she, Again, she took... it, it was great how they did that though there was no you know, you have to go back in and fight it. You basically give the guy the bones, the door shuts in, you hear a ruckus, go back into the house and he's basically been murdered. Yeah, I did it the other way. We went, I went to, um, I brought him to her on the island and um, she basically asks for a kiss. And that's probably one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. Um, because obviously she's, appears to you in like celestial form as kind of this fairly attractive kind of <laughs> and then you see her true form when she's giving a right tonguing um, <laughs> oh, by tonguing I mean literally 12 foot of tongue <laughs> uh, it's proper wraith style it's it's not a pretty sight it was it was horrible but again another great story and the thing about love there's so many stories so we, we've sat here we've sort of for like half an hour about we haven't even got to Novigrad yet there we go we haven't even <laughs> even got to fucking Novigrad, um, so that's where we're off to now. We go off to Novigrad and we get to um, the big city in in the world. And uh, we've been to Oxford before, which is kind of like a little college town. And um, I kind of went there and thought, oh, this is this is a nice little town. And that's the kind of size of town I think Oxford that I would expect in something like maybe. Um, I don't know, something like Oblivion or something like that. You know, that's all. That's that's quite a large town. Yeah, it was quite big for, for something like that. And then you get to Novigrad, and that's like a proper fucking city. You know, oh, it's, yeah. got, it's got its own districts. It's large. It's actually by the time you're finished with this game, you know exactly where you are when you're in Novigrad. 
Uh, you know, you could put me in yeah. a corner and no uh, ground. Tell a, me to again, go again, this was another plus point for me. This world, the world felt lived in. Yeah, I, I know that you have even you know you've got your games like Skyrim and Dragon Age where you've got people milling about, but in this it felt like they were actually doing something and they all had a purpose. And they weren't always there. Exactly. That was the other thing I really liked about it. When you go to play Skyrim, it's the same two guards standing outside the door. It's you know. Um, there's, when I walk into, uh, I can't remember the name of the place now, and you go to, and you the first village you kind of get to, the first town you get to in, um, well, your first house is in Skyrim, and there's always the same two people walking down the street towards you when you go in through the main street, and it's just like, <laughs> hello yeah. again. It's like, it's right. sti- yeah, it's staged, oh, no, he's coming back, right, you two in position. Yep, quick, now, and down go. The street. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's just like that, whereas this, it's never felt like that. I mean, it was never felt bustling, but it always felt, real um yeah. you know and there was there were some bits where it kind of broke the immersion so there was always that guard um who was standing by the pile of books saying something like a pauper with a library or something like that and every time i ran past it was the same line but so there were some bits that broke the immersion but there were you know there's there were there were um uh, you know clerics preaching and they, they would actually have a whole litany of, of kind of not biblical verse but you know what i'm saying scripture that they were actually sort of tolling out and stuff like that um, that the, the people changed you couldn't find people in the same place at the same time um, I mentioned it before on on, um, on, a, on one of our earlier podcasts when I was first playing it, it was the sound as well the music was brilliant because it was that thing of you would have that kind of background music but you don't really notice until I worked out that the music was actually being played by the band in the square Yes. and as you went further away from the band the music obviously got quieter and I was just like oh my god that is amazing because they've just they've acknowledged the fact that there shouldn't be background music in games and there has to be a reason for there to be background music and the reason is there's a band playing in the square making the music (laughs) and it was just it was just one of those little things you just think jesus that's bloody good um anyway so you get to an overgrad you get to to introduce to all these different people uh one of my favorite characters in the whole game dixtra um who I just think is amazing. He was a fucking fantastic character. He is your proper. Uh, what's the guy's name who does the um, the stupid football betting adverts on the telly all the time? Um, oh, I know what you mean. I can't completely remember. Who yeah, he is. well, he he's basically him. Um, so <laughs> Sigismund Dijkstra, who was the um, he was the head of Redanian intelligence before he kind of got um, should we say ousted? <laughs> Again, it. it gives you a good idea for sort of non-witcher one and two players that there's a history between the two as well yeah and it's it's, it's done brilliantly but i love dixter he is he is just an amazingly well fleshed out character well rounded he's not two dimensional you could have made this guy into a complete just a villain just had him as kind of oh here he is look this is this guy who's a bit of an ass uh and he's gonna you know he's a baddie and actually, he's not. He's got his own set of what he wants to get done and why, his own reasons for doing it, whether you believe them or not, comes into play later on when you basically get the choice to decide with him or not. Um, and I just thought his, you know, he, he runs this dodgy bathhouse. Um, he's got a troll <laughs> caged up in the cellar. He's a proper fella, you know, he's a proper... Oh, that troll was great. What was it called? Bart or something? Something ridiculous like that. It was just, it was just fantastic. Um and I, I just thought that 
again we don't talk about it a huge amount but that 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 kind of quest line kicks off a kind of this gangs of new york thing uh where you kind of got dwarves and all sorts of stuff trying to trying to battle for and it brings to the whole horse and junior quest line um which there's a nice man <laughs> oh jesus yeah that was that was an interesting quest line because it starts off with kind of you hear all these nasty stories about horse and junior and you kind of think uh yeah yeah whatever and you kind of you get to his house <laughs> and um it all becomes abundantly clear that the man is a not quite all there and b a horseman he really is a bastard uh, oh, yes. he has you know women hung up murdered uh, you know being being dangled from from ropes from chandeliers he's got people dead in baths he's scattered around like you know he's just an absolute you know the words words fail me on this guy and um did you did you let this guy live or did you did you uh... oh no he died yeah exactly um i i did i was tempted to let him live because i understand there's a there's a quite a nice sort of um storyline afterwards where effectively if you let him live you come across him later in the game um, you don't have to come across him later in the game but if, if you go down the right kind of road or whatever in the right alleyway you'll find him in a in poverty basically begging on the street with kids chucking shit at him and I thought, uh, yeah that's nice but no he's dead i'm going to kill this man um and i was i was okay with that i felt good about that yeah but again really good characterization just just amazing was one of the other quests in uh Novigrad as well the one where you're chasing the murderer uh run me through that oh um... he, he basically leaves his victims in various pauses in the beds with the hearts from whatever ripped out yes yes that was good what do you like about that one particularly I, I again i just i just found it i liked it because it was different you know you were trying to track down a murderer and it was very much a case of kind of like it's not sherlock holmesy but it kind of had that feel to it where it was kind of uh, you know you had to go and you, you searched the bodies and you found out the clues and you did it was a bit like how you would do it for um Oh, what do you call it? The uh, when you'd uh, kind of like when you're searching for monsters, so you'd still do that thing where you kind of use your second sight to kind of like yeah. have a clues about how the how the person died or whatever. But just instead of doing that, using it to um, you know to actually go and, and affect something good and actually go and find some 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 murderer. Is that the one we turned into um, a vampire, wasn't it? Yes, was it a vampire? I think so. You went and you found him, and you you had a fight with him in the in the water mill. Ah, uh, yes. Was that the one? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. He turns into like a master. That was a bitch and hard fight. That was really fucking difficult. If I hadn't guessed who he was, I would, I don't think I'd have been prepped properly, and I'd have just got slaughtered. But as it was, I think he went down the first time. But bloody hell, it was close. <laughs> really close. Yeah, we haven't touched I... him on that. Actually, the combat um combat in this game. Personally, once you get the hang of it and again trying to explain it to pet never works um it's really simple but bloody deep um the combination of kind of you've got your light attack your fast attack and then obviously as you rank those up if that's what you decide to do with your you know with your skill tree um you've got different things like the whirl and you've got deep rend and stuff like this so you get you, you i actually think it's probably on a par with kind of dark souls games as far as sword play goes oh absolutely um you, you know you're still you're still kind of moving around you've got to make sure that you don't 
um, you know, get surrounded by people because even the lowest grunts will kill you if they can get around you. You have to still be able to kind of move out the way. You still have to be able to kind of get around behind them. You know, when you start coming against people who are holding up shields and things, your life becomes really difficult <laughs> to try and break those guys down. And you start having to use, you know, signs more and uh, potions and oils quite a lot. I was getting through by... by um, by towards the end of the game, I was getting through quite a lot of potions. I was glad I yeah, had a massive I, stock of stuff because I, had I to never use really, quite a lot. I never really went down the avenue of using the potions and stuff. I didn't like that whole. That, well, I I did, mean, it, it, it depended on it. It depended on the um, the fight I was going into. But even if I if I was going up against, because sometimes I, I put it on like the blood and broken bones levels for some of it, and um, which is is better. Well, it was equated to just you know hard, not murderous, but hard, and. Um, <laughs> It really was, and you would have to use things like you would have to make sure that if you were going into like a bandit camp, that you had oiled your sword um, with your special—I uh, can't remember the name of the oil now—but the one that um, is better against humans or whatever. You would have to have taken a couple of potions to make sure that you were going to get decent health regen, um, and then you would have to be very fucking careful going in there, make sure you're <laughs> trying to draw them out and stuff. And it got—it got just got really, really good. Um, anyway digressing slightly uh, so in Novagrab we have one of my favorite there's a couple of there's a couple of things I have in my favorite lists of things to do in Novagrab one was meeting um, I'm trying to remember the guy Elihal who was the transvestite elf oh yes which I just thought was <laughs> awesome and it was brilliantly done and there was no <laughs> there was no kind of fanfare about it there was no kind of like it was it wasn't dirty it wasn't played for any kind of laughs it wasn't play it was just this is this this is what this guy this is normal and i love the fact that Geralt isn't in the least bit kind of fussed by it at all he's just kind of like, oh, oh, to, right. to be fair he's seen a lot though in his travels yeah he's seen an awful lot in his travels um but i just thought that was that was fantastic um and then the um the play which oh, god i loved i thought it was brilliant um I, the the actual sort of run up to it, I'm sure I've I've played that before somewhere. Yeah, I I, I like the play thing, but the get the, the a few technical issues of the game kind of spoilt it for me. Oh no, really? Um, yeah, um, it was. Bef uh, I was playing that point before one of the updates that came out, and what was basically happening is every twenty steps you take in that city. The game had kind of pause and blur out for a few seconds. And you had that quite a lot, didn't you? I did. It, it was only ever in, uh, only ever in Novigrad where it and happened. You, what were you playing on? On Xbox. Oh, interesting, because I was playing it on PS4. And I don't know if that's a common thing, but I had it happen to me a couple of times. But it was really rare. Most times, I could run through Novigrad with no problems whatsoever. Um, yeah. But then I, I, if I, I quite... if I ran and ran and ran and ran, at some point, the game would have to kind of just kind of like that lag just for a couple of seconds to kind of let the game catch up yeah I just, it, it, it but it never was a rare to... thing it wasn't that you make it sound like it happens quite often and it just it, didn't with me no it did for me but only like i say it was only in Norvigrad and it was it was kind of after i'd been there for some time it'd start to occur uh but obviously whatever it was got patched out when the uh one of the updates came up for it oh did it that, that, it did. that fixed it did it okay. it did yes um, so the play I thought was really good and one of the things I really liked about the play was um, 
the fact that you could solve it if you just used your brain so the fact basically when you when you go into this play uh, you, you kind of go up on stage and you have to recite lines back so the person will give you your cue so he'll say da -da 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 -da, and you have to kind of go da -da 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 -da, and give him the final part of the line and if you'd been smart and you'd thought about this you would remember you were given the fucking script <laughs> so if you actually sort of thought about it and you thought, oh, hang on a second, this is interesting, you would remember that actually when when they were writing the bloody game, when they were, sorry when they were writing the game, when they were writing the actual play, you were given the script by the I don't know the blonde singer I can't remember her name, and um, she actually gave you the script so you could go into your inventory, read the script, which would give you the lines that you were supposed to say, and if you did that, you obviously aced the game. Uh, the play, fucking hell, ace the ace the play, and you know, kind of got a nice rousing round of applause towards the end of it, which I just thought was a a, a really good puzzle without actually signposting you to the puzzle because they didn't now, tell you. The blonde singer that reminds me going back to the uh, serial killer chase again. I don't think it was a vampire. She was one of the victims, but didn't die. It burns a throat out with acid, doesn't it? Ah, that one. Yep. And it turns out to be some guy who's basically getting revenge on people, isn't he, for some... That's right, yeah, I'm getting confused with another quest line. That's fair enough. Yeah, okay. Um, so, then what do we have? Uh, I'm trying to remember. After that, kind of, I think we went off to Skellige. Skelliger? Skelliger. Oh, you missed the best part. Go on. The bit on the boat, where the mages all escape. Oh, we haven't got that yet, have we? I thought yeah. that was afterwards. No, I'm sure it was before. Okay, well, yeah. So you have you have the whole quest line with Triss. Um, oh which yeah. Obviously, was the best part. <laughs> I just like to say I got there first. Um, <laughs> quite a good little. I, I think what I liked about this is again is they did they did it with the similar sort of thing in, in um, The Witcher Two and, and One, but Two mainly is the they did a really good transition to kind of showing the fear and showing the, the what would happen if they were caught because you'd already come into um, Novigrad and seen kind of a, a witch burning and kind of uh, or a mage burning and you kind of understood what these guys were hiding from and why and you dealt with the witch hunters previously and you understood why this was such a problem and why these guys why these people needed help of course, yeah. I wasn't just doing it to get into Triss's knickers. I'd like to make that very, very clear. Uh, I was doing <laughs> it for charitable means and because I care. But I did get into her knickers. Oh, yeah. At the lighthouse. I was there first. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, oh, no. so, yeah, so we had we had, we had had all that lovely quest line. It was, it, the, was a, it was a nice bit at the end, though, where you think she sailed away. And yeah. Oh, did it? Oh, it was sweet. Yeah. And the then, one thing I liked about that was the fact that you were turning, you were talking to Dijkstra, who had, you know, who was supposed to be a complete asshole. Yeah, and he's and like, he's sitting just... there giving you love advice, which I just thought was such a sweet touch. And then she's behind you, and I was like, oh, she's. Yeah, he's, he's like, isn't he? Turn around, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, I I love Dijkstra. Um, that does raise a problem though, because for me, what I find interesting about Geralt particularly, and it's something that is inherent through all of the mediums so you know the uh books the, the you know and the, the games and everything is the he's not supposed to have emotions 
Yeah, he's supposed to be a mutant who is, you know, devoid of that. Is is unable to cry. Is you know that that's kind of like his his big thing, and yet he does. He very obviously does. I mean, with with Yennefer, it's there's there's part of that is about the spell, but at the same time, he made that spell, so he must have felt for her at the time. So that was it. And that, that kind of hit on with me because I read, I kind of read some input about, it and it's like, oh, that these guys are meant to be motionless people. Yeah, and none of them are. No. None of them are. I mean, like if you go if you go back to. Um, Care Morhen and you've got kind of you know Vesemir is obviously not emotionless. There's there's you know he is he is not an emotionless person in any way whatsoever. Oh, not at all. Um, you know, and and even when you're looking at uh, what's his name Lambert, who's a complete dick. Yeah, the thing the thing is though, like you know Vesemir, you know, is it kind of it made the whole trial of Grasses thing kind of difficult to swallow. It's like you know these these are decent people. Why the hell do they put children through those tests? Yeah, and it's 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 a, I guess that's the way of life and stuff. And so it, that that's the kind of thing that's never really stuck with me about the whole Witcher ethos and, and Geralt specifically, and because for him to be a main character, he has to have an emotion. You know, he can't be. It's like saying something like the Terminator. You know, the Terminator <laughs> has no emotion, right? And that's why the Terminator is not the main character in the Terminator films. The main characters are people like Sarah Connor and such forth, and you know all that kind of thing, because having somebody who is, has no emotion cannot carry that kind of film or that kind of story. And it's the same with this. He has to have emotions, you know. He has to. Otherwise, why am I helping these people get rid of monsters and letting them off with not paying any money? Why did he even give me that option? Yeah, you know. the, the the kind of whole uh, emotion thing as well really came to pass right at the end of the game. Uh, just before the final battle, did you get that scene in the tent with Trace? Possibly. They're basically kind of talking to each other. He's like, you know, I'm I'm off to fight this battle, and she's like, well, you know, what's going to happen to us afterwards? Because this is the character I kind of chosen as my love interest in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Geralt makes some quip about, oh, you know, there's a lighthouse nearby, and she she kind of like <laughs> she says, you know, I've she says, I love you, Geralt, and all of this, and he just responds sort of uh, flippantly, and then she kind of walks out of the tent, and as soon as she's out of earshot, Geralt just mutters, love you too. Oh, I do remember that. See, I'm welling up again now. No, Stop God. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so, um, yeah, when we get to... because oh, I don't want to skip on too much. I don't want to spend a lot of time on Skelliger, because it was the weakest part of the game for me. Yeah, I wasn't invested in it particularly. Um, Skelliger or AKA Scott. I was a bit pissed off as well with Skelliger as well. Um, I, I I kind of played through that whole thing and then, for some bizarre reason, missed the whole. Jennifer, can you meet me in this place? I have something important to go through with you. Oh bloody hell! Really? Yes, I've totally missed that bit. What happens there? <sighs> Did you do the whole thing about um, the ugly baby? You must have done that. Well, everybody has to do that bit. Well, I was going to say because that's that's kind of where where that comes from. The I'm trying to think where you where you got to. Was it this? Did you do the, the one about the? Um, 
Oh, sorry, I'm going back through my guide trying to find out exactly where it was because <laughs> the problem you've got is there's so many bits where she meets up with you. You, you can't have not bumped into it because it was part of the main quest line. No, I bumped into it. This was the thing. It was when everything was going on about that sort of magic cataclysm that had happened on Skelliger. And yeah. uh, she just before you wrap things up there she kind of says can you know can you just meet me in this place i have something important perfectly sort of personal important to me i want you to meet me there and i kind of i don't know what had happened but, but do you I, mean I, do you mean do you mean oh my god do you mean like the last wish yes yennefer's quest oh my god how did you miss that okay so this know. is this is where you, you must have done this you basically you meet her and um she asks you to meet her in, I think, Larvik, I think. And then you go... Um, she, she basically transports you... I'm trying to remember. She transports you to try and find um, this thing. She won't tell you what it is. And you go out and you, you, you basically end up where there's this trashed boat. Um, uh, you know, a, a proper kind of like a, a narrow... You know, a, a, a Viking longship almost. But on the top of a kind of mountain... <laughs> Um, surrounded by snow and it turns out that what she's trying to find is another genie another djinn right and um, it's effectively because Jennifer and Jennifer and um, Geralt are tied together by the last wish and the last wish is effectively when they first met um, they Geralt made a, a wish that they would always be drawn together. Mm-hmm. Um, so there would be, you know, they would always love each other, basically, and that there would always be that a bond between them. And Yen wanted to, uh, Yen wants to kind of free them from that wish. Well, and just see what happens. Yeah, because she wants to kind of, she wants to know, she, she wants to know whether the, the love they feel for each other, that bond is real or not. Um, because if it's just if it's just magic, there's there's no point about it. You know, there's, there's she's basically saying, you know, if it's just the magic that's holding us together, I'd rather be free of it. And if it's not just the magic that's 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 drawing them together, then they know they've got a future together. And that's when you get to make the decision about whether you love her or not. Uh, well, see? I was never really interested in uh, going with her anyway. <laughs> Well, this is this is this is probably it was it was, know, a, it was a fucking beautiful scene. It was a really really nicely yeah. done, and you basically get the choice to sort of say, "I love you, Yen." You know, once the magic is gone, once the wish has been broken, because the, the, you basically you free a jinn who grants you like a wish, and you say, "This is the only wish I want. I want the other wish to be overruled." Okay, I just want that gone, and he kind of does that, and um, the wish is is gone, and she basically turns to you and she sort of says how do you feel because she says she feels exactly the same as she did and it basically gives you the choice to say yeah i feel exactly the same let's get it on or <laughs> sorry sweetheart <laughs> or yeah and it, i tell you what because i was really torn with that one because i didn't really i didn't want to get it on with yen at all i was very much a trist guy I always have been a trist guy let's be fair um before you and yeah. um i just <laughs> i sort of went for this this option to sort of say to disagree to say I don't, you know, I don't feel it anymore. And I think uh, why they chose this moment to side for Geralt to be emotionless, I'm not quite sure. But he literally just turns to her and goes, "Yeah, not feeling it anymore, love." 
I think it's over. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, I, I'm kind of not that gutted. I miss it. Because it sounds like something that was more than tied in with things that had happened in stuff I haven't played. Yeah, and I think it was a difficult... And I think if you'd have played this game like you did from um, having not any history with the games, Yen's a bit of a bitch. Oh, yeah. You know, when you actually play the game through, there's there's no sort of... She's not particularly nice to you. She just tells you to go and do stuff and expects you to jump, you know. She's not a particularly nice person who seems to have her own agenda. Yeah, and... I, I noticed as well, and I don't know if it's just, just because of the ending I got, there's not really anything in the way of closure for her character. She, you kind of have that bit where she opens the barrier for him, for you, and that's the last I see of her in the game. Um, possibly, but I don't. I don't know because again, I chose to be with Triss, so I don't know if there, if you chose to be with Yen, there may be a, a you know a closing scene with that. I'm not sure. The ending of the game will come to you in a bit. It did seem quite sudden, but um, yeah, it was it was a difficult one. Um, so yeah, that was it. Was I'm amazed you missed that because that was just like that was kind of like quite a large. I know it was a side quest. I'm I'm just surprised surprised you kind of missed it because it was it was one of those where it's just like wow uh it was it was, a, it was a moment definitely a moment oh yeah um and the only things i really wanted to sort of talk about in skelliger um there are a few things uh one was the story about syrian scowl scowl Gal? i can't remember oh right yeah this is the guy that. who fishes her out of the um fishes her out of the water and is obviously in love with her kind of lusting after her and you know again that sort doesn't of stuff. end well does it it doesn't end well, but what I really like about it was the way that kind of threads through the story. Because yeah. he's quite, he could have been just got away with that being a bit part character and never seeing him again. No, he features, I mean, there's, there's a whole section in the uh, garden where he features, and there's another bit later on when you're kind of tying things up where he features again. Yeah, but it's like they could have just left that. They could have just gone with, oh, here's a bloke who rescued Siri. Um, oh, he really likes her, but then um, he 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 lets her escape from the wild hunt from the bathhouse or whatever. Yeah, uh, I mean, done. And I, I like I the way they sort of made that. You know, Siri obviously doesn't particularly feel much for him, but the fact that she kind of oh, wants to go back. Huh? Kind of depends on what options you choose, though, in that section when you play as her. I think she's teasing him. I don't think she particularly. Oh, no. We were about to get down and dirty. In no, the she wasn't. She was just doing that. Just as a wild I, I, The way I read that was she was just doing that out of a bit of pity. <laughs> it was like a, a pity shack. I don't know, pity snob <laughs> at least. Um, but yeah, I didn't get the feeling that she was like in any way in love with it. I just thought she thought it was the kind of... She could have five minutes respite and actually be like a normal person for a yeah. bit with him. And that's that's kind of how I read that. Um, so I quite like that storyline. Um did you do the quest with the the him? The him, so, you have to remind me. Okay, so this is one where you're going off with um, Ceres to do her so the, the 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 princess, if you want to call it, of of Skellige, and you're going off to help the, the, the sons and daughters of the king to decide who's going to become, you know, to do their deeds. And you go off and you have to basically, you've got a mad Jarl in one of the outer islands and you have to go up to the it's kind of like a um a, a great hall in the mountains and it's kind of ruined and there's a kind of beast that's always sitting behind the yarl that you can't see or whatever but it's, it's kind of making him go mad 
Oh, yes. And there's a particular scene in that where you can decide whether you want to try and trick the him. And Ceres kind of basically says, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen, <laughs> but you have to trust me. And she comes barging into the um, into the room where you are, holding the baby. Oh, that was it. Cause it you have to, um, it'll only leave its current host if it uh, if it finds someone else who's suffering greater, isn't it? Something like that. Exactly. So she comes running in and throws this baby at you and says, "Chuck it in the oven." <laughs> I chose the option to trick it. <sighs> And if you basically throw it in the oven, it's it's fine because the, the you know the baby goes through the oven out the other side effectively and and is is all safe and the, and the him gets tricked and and whatever. Um, I went for the straightforward combat option on this one because I just thought a witcher wouldn't even go down that line. A witcher would just say, "No, nah, I'm just taking this bastard on." Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trick it. But I did I did um, watch a playthrough of it on YouTube because I just wanted to know how that worked and that just looked. I'm not sure if I like that. <laughs> it seems a bit excessive. <laughs> but there we go. Um, and then there was the Feast of the Bears, which I thought was another great scene. Oh, yeah. Which was where um, they're all there and all kind of celebrating. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then someone's managed to spike the mead so that these people go berserk and turn into bears and basically start laying out the whole feast hall. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, who did you get to rule Skelliger, by the way? Ceres. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, a bit of a no-brainer, that, really. I, I would like to see the stats on that one. It would be nice if the witch did actually release stats on some of like, the major decisions to see what people did. Yeah. Of course, it, 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 when you help the brother on his quest as well, um, it was like... You, you ended up with quite a decent character out of that, but he died in my playthrough, and that was uh, Viggy. Viggy? Viggy's fantastic. No, I, I, I couldn't... By the time I figured out what I needed to do to save him, the game had bloody overridden the uh, auto-save at the point where I could make the decision. Oh, man, I, I was saving this game like a bad one. You know, oh, there was so well, many, I was, so well, many saves. I, I did, by the third attempt when I reloaded it, it written over the reload. Oh, no. Oh, that's awful. But no, because mine, basically, if you rescue Viggy, if you go, I basically went to his cage and, and unlocked it before... Um, the, the, the ice troll wakes up. Well, yeah, because basically what happens is you <laughs> open the cage and Vicky just goes full on berserk and charges towards this beast, going, right, come on, have a go. Um, it's a brilliant little battle scene, that. Um, but yeah, he's he's fantastic. He comes into play later. Um, so from that, we get the whole Skelliger. I didn't like Skelliger. It was the weakest part of the game for me. It just didn't feel like... Um, none of the quests were particularly awful it just didn't really tie together it felt like it was kind of i wanted to get back to i wanted to get on with it do you know what i yeah. mean it just felt like i wasn't getting anywhere with it um, but it all kind of comes together when you do the big battle at care morhen so you go back and you kind of get all your your mates together and you charge off to back to care morhen to go and try and lure the wild hunt into a kind of pitch battle on your terms oh and here we have my favorite scene as well oh what was your favorite scene go on um, it, this is where they're kind of preparing for the battle. Vesemir um, has ah, yeah. kind of gone to bed for the evening, if you will. And um, yourself and the other two witches, what are they called again? Um, Lambert and Eskil. 
that was it. You basically stay up, and you've got a choice at that point. You can either say, right, I'm going to bed, or you can choose to uh, have a few drinks. Uh, I think you chose the go-to-bed option, didn't you? I don't think I did. This is the thing. I can't remember. I can't work out. There are a few options to go through with it, though, so you might have kind of skipped it or ended it early. Well, I'm just flipping back through the bloody things, trying to work out how I missed that. And I think maybe it was maybe it was another point this happened. I can't yeah. remember. But... So you're, you're basically sat there having drinks. I mean, uh, Yen joins you for a certain amount of time and then basically gets sick of a lot of you. <laughs> mm. uh, and then you all start prattling around. I think one of them comes in with a, a really old hat, ridiculous-looking hat, which apparently used to be Vesemir's. <laughs> um, they get absolutely blind drunk. Mm. And... Um, basically decide it's going to be a good idea to raid Jennifer's clothes out of a trunk, uh, dress up as women, and then use her <laughs> megascope to uh, <laughs> see who's basically, basically use the megascope to try and uh, basically hit on women. Obviously, this being like a long-range communications thing. <laughs> basically, they're all... It's stood, like megascope Tinder. That's it, yeah. Basically, they're all studying from this megascope. You've got Lambert and Eskel in sort of negligees, if you will, and Geralt in some ridiculous pair of trousers. <laughs> they basically make contact with... Uh, they use the megascope, I have no clue what they're doing, and it makes makes contact with this sort of... Uh, this this uh, warlock, whoever he is, some guy in a, in a hut somewhere, and he kind of... They're kind of going, oh, oh, you're not a woman and all that, and this guy just looks at them and goes, my God, the lodge found me. They'll run out and kind of runs away. <laughs> and then they just end up laughing their heads off and wander off and uh, you basically have to go and find them. I think uh, Lambert, you find, is asleep in the goat pen hmm. and uh, Eskel's wandered off and collapsed somewhere else. But I just thought that was, it, it, it was real, it was a really nice touch which got, sort of added a bit more emotional punch to the next part that happened. Yeah, the big battle itself, A, was a bitch of a fight. Oh, yeah. Um, just waves upon waves of stuff but it was done quite nicely and they actually at least they made some effort into kind of making it so you had to go and prep first and shore up walls and put traps down and stuff if you wanted to and also it was one of those things where you know kind of very gamey where the more people you'd collected yes. into your gang the easier it would get oh i forgot to mention gee how could i forget this um you uh what is his name you bump into the assassin from witcher 2 Oh. Um, Letho. Letho, that was it. Who is a Witcher. fantastic character, and it's just amazing how that comes about. You go and do a side quest somewhere in Velen, and he just turns up, and he's he? just sitting in a barn, and you're just like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and here's a, again, for someone who could be really two dimensional, and I loved him in The Witcher too. Again, for somebody who could be really two dimensional, he has got some character and some balls, and he, and that quest line when you go with him to sort out his problems is brilliant. It's a really good questline that really fills in and fleshes out, A, his character, but also Geralt's really nicely uh, when he goes to confront some people and sort of pretends to be dead and all this sort of shit. Um, it's just done done really well. So he's there to help you out as well, which I thought was a, which is a lovely touch. And you can actually, uh, at the end of that, ask him to stay with you. At, um, well, not stay with you, but stay at Care Morhen if he wants to and stuff, which I thought was, which was, which was good. Um, so you have Vesemir's death. Basically, again, I thought it was nicely done as well. It wasn't just a, oh, got to kill off a main character. Yeah, and it was. Punch. It, it, I, I like the whole fact that 
you know, he's been he's basically been held by the throat by one of the wild hunt, and Siri kind of refuses to go unless you know she wants them basically to free him in exchange for her, and he kind of makes the ultimate sacrifice, knowing that she's not going to go unless he's dead. So he kind of provokes the uh, guy who's holding him into snapping his neck, basically, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and. Um... It's that whole thing about sacrifice and and all that, and then Siri goes a bit mental, and um, we get to kind of a, c- a cut scene of, of the, the, the funeral, and uh, you know, kind of uh, Vesemir on his funeral pyre, and, and that kind of ties that section up, and um, I actually felt because I hadn't seen that coming at all. Um, I had a feeling somebody was going to die. I was kind of hoping it would be Lambert because he's a cock. <laughs> he kind of gets a happy ending, doesn't he? He does very much so get a happy ending. But again, I was there first. Um, <laughs> oh, indeed. So, yeah, uh, I actually felt a bit sort of... That, that that kind of kicked me a little bit because, again, Vesemir is somebody who, if you've gone through the book, you know, he's a main character, for fuck's sake. This is not somebody they've just thought, oh, we'll kill off a bit character. This this is, you know... This is a proper, proper main character. And it was... It was um, it was it was emotional to say the least. It was emotional, um, but after that, you kind of then go on this bit of a weird trek, uh, and you bugger off back into memories, um, and, and you kind of have this little bit of kind of closure, and you kind of talk. You can talk to all the people who were there, so you can talk to the brothers, um, you can talk to you know um, the other witches, and they all sort of. And it's very much an ending. It's very much they're all going off to do their own thing. Um, the the Skelliger people. You know, fuck off back to wherever it is, and and you know, it, it's very much kind of like a wrap up. But then you have a really beautiful part, and possibly one of my favourite parts of the game, which is more exposition between you and Siri. And you have a beautiful section where oh, the snowball fight. Yeah, you get to choose things. So she's obviously down, and she's she, she's she's not feeling great because guess what, Vesim has died, and there's a lot of things, and she's feeling guilty because it's obviously her that's attracting. And you get to choose kind of, kind of what what to do. You have to, how to cheer up based on your knowledge of Siri, which is which is great. And I chose to have a little snowball fight with her, um, which meant that you know that that kind of cheered her. But it was a beautiful kind of, and I hate to say it because it sounds really naffy, but really really bonding. And it was really weird because the the relationship between Siri and Geralt in this was just so, again, the word is beautiful. It's just really beautifully done. It was it was it was um, adult. It was it wasn't um, patronising. It wasn't just done as a kind of, you know, when I get really wound up about things like um, The Last of Us and shit like that, where they oh, try yeah. and use that relationship to, to fuck with you, um, to try and give you some motivation. I hate games where they try and they, they, they kind of, they kill or they put, you know, they, they do something to your your offspring or your spouse or something like that to prove your motivation. This game proves perfectly that just by putting that danger there that motivation of peril is you know that that the possibility yeah. that you might lose this is far more powerful than actually if, if she died in the first five minutes your motivation is going to wane because it's like oh right well that's there's nothing i can do about that now yet all the way through this game they build that relationship between you and siri so you really feel like you're kind of her dad or her you know her a significant person in your life and you want to protect that and you want to stop her from dying or from going off with the wild hunt and that's so much more powerful than something like 
The Last of Us, where they just go, uh, yeah, we just killed off your daughter in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> Spoilers for The Last of Us, sorry. Um, so, you know, I, I really love that. And they, they did that with, you know, they, they kind of do that thing with the snowball fight. And then you get to go to go and see um, the Emperor. So you get to go and see Emmy von Emrels, uh, who's the Emperor of Nilfgaard. And he, he, he basically tries to bribe you off. He kind yeah. of says, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing my daughter. Here's a shitload of money. And it doesn't tell you anything what to do. But effectively, you can you can take the money if you want. Um, but Siri will think less of you. That, that's the thing I, I refused to take it to see the Emperor. Exactly. So you take it, and, and it's just, again, nicely done. There's no words. There's no kind of... There's none of this paragon choice that you might get in something like Mass Effect where it goes, doing you've been a good boy. You just get a lovely <laughs> little cutscene of her kind of looking approving at you and then holding your hand. And it's just like, that's oh. nice. That's a nice little touch, that. Um, and you still get some money anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you kind of go into Act 3, which is kind of the final act. And this gets a little bit, they're trying to wrap shit up and some of it's good some of it's bad the next bit i found was a bit difficult because they, they go off and they go and do um they want to tie up the uh the, the witches of crookback yeah they've, they've gone into kind of this place called bold mountain so you're going kind of um you're kind of going into this this mountainous area where there's this weird set of people who are having a feast um and you can bump into johnny the godling again there as well which is which is quite cool but you basically go up against um against the three witches again wispes weaves and ruess and uh you, you kind of have to work your way through this section where all these people are kind of worshipping them and stuff like this which is a, a it's just a really freaky cultish type thing and you kind of think yeah this is really weird <laughs> but you go up there and you have a fight with the crones and you have siri taking them on you have witcher taking them on uh, Geralt sorry taking them on and then they do this thing where one of them gets away. I think it's Weavis gets away. Yes. At the end, and I was absolutely certain that she was going to come back at some point and no. surprise or you know do something horrible. But we don't see her again for the rest of the game. I'm kind of hoping. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as they well. They bring her back in the is it the uh, Blood and Wine, the yes. the last DLC that we've yet to have the, the last expansion or whatever it is. I'm kind of hoping there's something in there because that would be a They've kind of left that open a little bit, which I, I think is amazing. Um, well, speaking of that, is that look, you you could vaguely remember it as well that they did with the first DLC, where kind of the main character from that you meet right at the start of the uh, main game, and the kind yeah, of no, because you blew my mind it. with that because the DLC that came out, um, the Hearts of Stone, which is my favourite piece of DLC ever, without a doubt, <laughs> um, just brilliant. Um, they, the, the the Mirror Man in that you said you, you might as well say it go on um you actually meet him right at the start of the game because he kind of he, he's the first one that sort of gives you a hint on where uh yen might have gone because you, you kind of looking for her at the start as he's well he's at white orchard right? isn't he he is yeah he, he's that when you go there and you're standing outside the pub or something i seem to remember he is and he, he kind of says what he has to say and then mysteriously vanishes i'm actually scanning back through my amazingly cool guide just to see if it mentions him in the first sort of the very first thing you do. Um, main quest care more. Um, 
There he is, Gauntero Dim. So yes, yeah, so you're in the tavern. And I'm just trying to find out what it is because I'm amazed. I'm wondering if they they kind of make any decent sort of, of note of him. That's right. Um, second player of patrons, James by name, knows his whereabouts. I don't think it says very much about him actually. Um, well, I, I would expect the guy probably wouldn't say that uh, while they were given basically carte blanche on what was going to happen in this game, they probably weren't told about the DLC. No, but interestingly, it's just because in the guide there is actually a kind of headshot picture of him. Yeah. And um, but it doesn't actually mention him by name. I don't think in the actual uh, in the actual text, which is a bit weird. But yeah, so basically, yeah, he he knows of Yennefer by name. And reckons the Nilf Guardians may know more about. It. So he definitely points you in the right direction. Now either they've just picked up on that, and they've just kind of, you know, when they were writing the DLC for Hearts of Stone, they just thought, oh, there was this character at the beginning who was a bit mysterious. I don't reckon they did. They must have had that planned from. Oh yeah. It was, it, and, and it's brilliant because when it hits you, you're kind of like, shit, yeah. And he's he's the guy who's right by the kind of door. Um, Opposite the guy's playing Gwent, I think, and he's he, you know, when you when thinking about it, I can remember him being kind of mysterious and a bit sort of aloof, and then he just disappears or something. I can't remember. You think I think you turn away from him or something, and then he's just yeah, gone. He's gone. Um, and you're like, oh, um, we'll come but on it, to it, a bit later. Yeah, exactly. It's, it just it, 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 at that point it basically makes no sort of great thing about the fact that he's disappeared. Like, All right, it's gone. Right, let's get on with things. Yeah. Um, so then you kind of the rest of the, the third act is, is basically things about um, trying to get enough people together to take on the wild hunt and try and, trying to hunt them down um, so you have lots of things around breaking people out of prison and it gives you the, the lovely quest line I'll say lovely quest line where you try and find Margarita and, and Silde oh, I can't remember pronounce her fucking name Silde Tranville or something like that they were basically in Witcher 2 and mm -hmm. it's all about um it carries that through so again depending on what you did when you first had those questions way back at the beginning of this game from when you were having your shave when the the guy came in to ask you the questions that depends on whether she was who who you see in this scene and whether they're there or not i mean they really have got some deep thought there's a bit in um to give you an idea of how how they've put this forward um clarky if you if you're playing this on the same platform if you played the witcher 2 yeah and then you play this on, on uh, 360 or whatever, or PC. Um, there's a bit in The Witch 2 where you get very, very drunk. <laughs> oh, surprise, surprise. And you wake up. Um, I think you're off with Vernon Roach, actually. And you wake up and you have a nagging feeling that something's happened, but you can't work out what it is. And then you go and see Vess, who you'll know from this game, um, and she points out, yeah, 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 you got a tattoo on your neck, and you have a tattoo actually on your neck. Um, I think it's the, the the brand of the you know the the sign of their their band or whatever it is, their their regiment. Um, and you can you can go and get that sorted out. So you can go to I think Tris can heal it or, or get rid of it or something. You just have to go and do the appropriate thing. But if you don't, if you, if you keep that there, if you import your save, it stays there. So all through this game, you will have that tattoo 
I mean, they've yeah. put into a lot, a lot of thought about this. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, so you carry on going through the, the sort of the main quest line, and um, there's a nice little touch where you kind of go off with Siri to go and do the. Um, you, you kind of go and pay back the people that were kind to her on her travels. Yeah. So you go and see the waitress and shit like that. But you also go and see the um, the, the troupe, the um, circus performer type people, and you want to go and steal the horses. Oh, yes. And I don't know about you, but I thought this was a bit of a wank thing, really. Um, I didn't think they were particularly nice people, and they didn't really give you... It was one of those things where, again, it was not black and white. They didn't really give you an option about what to do, and there didn't seem to be a particularly easy way of going through that quest line apart from kind of I didn't really want to go and steal horses and stuff like that I thought that was a bit outside of character for Geralt um, and yet that seemed to be the only way to get kind of Siri to be happy and as you know everything everything Geralt does is about making Siri happy so that's kind of what I had to go and do um, did you perchance I don't suppose you, you might have done did you get the um, it takes three to tango mission no, I don't think I did. This is the one where if you decided to romance both Triss and Yen. Oh, right. I, I think I've uh, seen I bet you fucking YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet you have. So effectively, if you haven't made your mind up by this point about whether you're being monogamous to either Triss or Yennefer, you get a beautiful cutscene where you're approached by both Triss and Yen. Um... And they basically entice you up to the room in the Kingfisher Inn, and um, essentially strip you and tie you to the bed whilst wearing their skimpies, and um, tease you, tease you, tease you some more, and then leave you, and you're just tied to this bed, and you're only rescued when Dandelion comes in, and um, and, and freeze you, which must be really embarrassing to have Dandelion rescue you from the bed. Uh, but obviously I, I had been monogamous to Trist at that point. I did not get that scene, and I haven't YouTubed it, actually. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, of course I have. Um, then it got weird, because you meet up with this, well, you don't meet up with this guy, Avalak, who's oh, this mystic yeah. elf. He's a twat. He's But he's supposed to be. He's an arrogant elf. What do you expect, right? He's just like, whatever. And he takes you on the probably the worst quest line I came across, which was the travel between worlds um, through time and space. Oh, I kind of like that one. Oh, I really didn't like it. So you had this thing where you kind of went to another world and you have to run between portals. Yes. And then you got to one where there were like these red flowers and that was a bitch because it's all about pathfinding while it wasn't particularly well signposted or anything like that. It was just a case of trial and error. Um, I kind of like the whole different worlds idea though, because it was like, and Siri talks about her, you know, when she jumped between worlds, some of the worlds that she actually talks about sound, it's like, oh, that sounds Yeah, and I, it, but it was, I also found it very, and I know it's the point of it, I found it quite depressing, because of the fact, you know, especially the, when you went to the world with the, um, the snow, where it was all white frosted. Yeah, you basically find out that there's this frost that's basically destroying all of the worlds. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen to our world, or this, you know, Geralt's world, if you don't, you know, defeat the White Wild Hunt. And um, but it, I just found it kind of disjointed. That's the first thing where it took me like 
it took me three or four sessions to play through that not because it was particularly long but because I'd sort of starting oh, I don't really want to play this and then put it down and it was only when I sort of said I think no I've got to get through this I'm going to just do it and um, and force myself to go through it and actually you know play through it and actually get it done um, but once had yeah, all done job good jobs are good <laughs> Uh, where do we go to then? We went off to. We went off to the final battle, really, didn't we? From there, I think. Uh, yeah, which I found a little bit disappointing. Why did you find it disappointing? Oh, it kind of made a whole, a whole deal about you kind of fighting these elite wild hunt uh, captains, and I mean the only fight there of note was basically the second to last boss, if you will. Uh, where, you, where you're basically fighting the navigator. Yeah, he was hard. Oh, he was. He was. Really, uh, it, it, really took, hard. it took me a while to figure out you could actually that ice attack he used. You could actually deflect that by basically putting those creatures he summons between you and the attack. Oh, I it didn't know that. Yeah, it basically hits them instead of hitting you. And as as, as his health depletes, mm. his teleport distance depletes as well. Oh, I did not realise that. I just, I just kind of. I mean, I was. I'm playing it very much as um, a light. All my stuff was light. It was all about jumping. It was all about movement. It was all about bouncing round. I don't know how your character was built. Oh, I was quite similar, yeah. And uh, so I just, I just did what I always do, which is just try and get behind people and hack the fuck out of them from behind. <laughs> That's basically all I did. Um, but then, yeah. So. But the final one was just woefully easy. To the kind of point where he said, you know, blah, 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 Avalok tricked you. And I thought, all right, so there's going to be some big fight against Avalok. And he's like, no, not a big fight. Yeah, and I I did kind of get the feeling that um, they didn't know how to tie up. Or they, I I don't know. It's it's just, it's just like they kind of, they'd done a big battle at Care Morhen before. They didn't want to repeat that, although they did to a degree. Um... You know, it was effectively the Kale Morham was just like a, a smaller version of this one, just on your own terms. Um, you, you you went through his kind of lieutenants, and then you got to this big, big, big boss, and it was just a, like you say, it was a bit, bit wanky. It was a bit too easy. Um, very much a disappointment, and I think maybe it would, it would have been better in many ways if they'd have either just gone full cutscene for it and made it something awesome, yeah. or um, just come up with something a little bit different maybe where you had to chase him through worlds or something i don't know but um I, you know that was one of it was, it was really odd because you kind of had this epic thing it was a you know a quest line that's taking you fucking hours i mean hours to get to this point and it kind of that battle took me 10 minutes i yeah. think maybe if, if that you know, i, I don't think even, i don't think it even took me that to the point where the battle kind of glitched it if you will i, I killed the guy so fast there was obviously some sort of bit where he teleports you somewhere, but nothing happens. I just teleported to this area and then teleported straight back out again and back onto the ship. Yeah. Um, I remember because, like, I had... I, actually, I'll tell you what, I had more trouble doing the horse ride with Yennefer yes. just before that because you have to kind of chase him or follow him to his, his where he's where he's with Notty through this kind of world that's being... You've got, you've got things falling from the sky. You've got... The, and I just get lost. Because that's what I do in games. <laughs> I got lost a couple of times and just died because I didn't know where I was going. Um, you know, so I think I found that harder. Um, so let's talk about the ending. Uh, which did you get? 
I got the Witcher in me. So explain that one to us. Um, basically, uh, Siri goes into this portal because apparently she's going to uh, put a stop to the White Frost, but in all probability will die. Mm. Um, as soon as she disappears into it, you get trapped to a nice little medley of her on the other side of this portal where she remembers some of the nice things that have happened to her in her life. Oh. And then it's quite, sort of just fades to black, if you will, and immediately switches to Geralt telling the Emperor how she's dead. And you're kind of like, what? I've got a bad ending, haven't I? But I carried on with it, and after after that, the Emperor kind of says, you know, I don't ever want to see you again. I'm not going to send people after you, but I don't ever want to see you again. Mm. And you kind of... Uh, you then go back into, uh, the, well, you then uh, start, go back to Cair Moran, uh, which was a little bit creepy with me, because again, a little bit of a, a bug with the game. Um, you appear back at Cair Moran, and all of the White Hunt soldiers I didn't kill in the battle were basically stood around the castle at various points, just frozen, which was a little bit unnerving. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh my god, they're still here, but no, they were just frozen. Out. But they were kind of, they were just, they were non-entities, if you will. If I tried to hit them, I'd just pass straight through them, mm. which is a little weird. And then you kind of, uh, you leave Caremore and you go back to Novigrad. You've got to go and see some uh, sword maker, and yep. basically, said, you know, I'm going to make his sword. What do you want to call it? Uh, I basically called the sword Cirilla because I assumed he was going to give it me. But you're basically then given this sword which you can't equip. Um, <laughs> go back, yeah, go back to, uh, or you then uh, run into those dwarves that left you on the island when you saved. Oh Syria. yeah. You, you run into them. You've got a little bit of a, a kind of closure on that, um, and then you go back to um, a bar, a pub, if you will, and uh, there's kind of this mysterious character in the corner, shrouded. Uh, with a hood over their head, you go over, over to them, present the sword to them, and it's serious. She's alive, oh, and yeah. she then, then the, the ending basically plays where it says, you know, she she hung around with Geralt for many years, and he taught her how to be a witcher, and then she sort of went off on her own to do a thing. Geralt retired, um, retired with Triss, who yeah. uh, basically earns a fortune. Has got some king's Everyone court mage, yeah, yeah. Uh, gave me a few other bits and bobs on other characters, and that was it. End Aww. of game. Like, I just kind of like the whole thing where I, it, it certainly makes you feel that she's died right until that last moment. Yeah, I had the, the, the ending I went for was really fucking heartbreaking because she goes into that portal after the the end of the you know the end of the big battle and the final climactic scene, which wasn't that climactic, and. Um, it fades to black and it, it boosts out again and you're essentially back at White Orchard in winter. Uh, so lots of snow on the ground and stuff like that. And you're hunting with Siri. And it's just got a very sad, empty feeling to it. And you're not quite sure why and you're talking and stuff and you're you kind of lots of times she'll she'll take you place and you'll stop and they're kind of reminiscing about things and you're not quite sure quite what's going on. Um and then basically uh, you end up back at the first village you ever came to in the game and the whole there's like a column of Nilfgaardian soldiers there 
and what's basically happened is that she's become the Empress of Nilfgaard alright uh, and because the Emma her father has obviously named her a successor and um, you know she's she's off to start this new life as the Empress of Nilfgaard and they probably won't see each other and you do get that feeling that they probably won't see each other again and it is fucking heartbreaking it really, really was really difficult and that's compounded by the fact that you know she sort of goes off and you see her kind of leave and um, and then once the the credits roll you're back in Care Morhen and it's empty and it's completely dead <laughs> and there's no one there and and you just you just stood there and I, that's when I put the game down and I stopped Aww. and I did not go back to that game until until Heart of Stone came out because yeah, it was just there's nothing left for me there was nothing in that game that was left for me at all you know um, I know obviously tr you know I ended up with Triss so according to the story and according to the sort of flash <laughs> that does sound depressing I'm half expected to there wasn't any DLC and then Geralt was found years later swinging from the rafters <laughs> probably um, but you know so I know that they do that thing at the end where it's kind of like oh you know this is what happened to, you know with the, with the romance options and stuff and with Yennefer you end up being down and dirty somewhere in a little dodgy place somewhere um, <laughs> and then you know with Triss obviously you're off again doing dirty things with people and um, in Corvair I think if my memory serves me right and um, yeah so you know that happened but then the game boots you back into Care Morhen and you're like right so I can't go and see Triss because she's probably in Corvair and I won't be able to find her I could go to um, Novigrad and I could go and see Dandelion and oh fuck the dwarf um, Giza oh yeah him yeah and uh, but they're just going to say they're just going to be stood in that pub or you know whatever you want to call it oh Zoltan that was Zoltan yeah and they're just going to spam the same lines at me um, yeah and I thought well I could go and do some side quests I suppose because often you know my favourite parts of this game weren't the main story it was you know the, the side quests and the kind of little vignettes that you get from those um, but it was just like I, I can't do that anymore there's nothing there's no there's nothing motivating me part of the reason why I was going off and doing all these side quests, I know the writing was good you know, was, was so that I could get better, get more skilled, get more XP, so that I could be powerful enough to go and protect Ciri, and there was just nothing there, and that kind of boots you into Care Morhen after this fucking depressing ending which is supposed to be the good ending, by the way really? where Ciri goes off to be the Empress, and it's like, that's amazing because effectively what you've done by that is you've, um, according to the guide anyway, which is, you know I read back on this, where you um You've taught her has requisite qualities of an empress, political instincts, and a simple sense of human decency. So basically, if you've you know you passed all the little tests they give you about you know well, how did you did you take the money from her father? Did you do the snowball fight? Did you let her go and face the the um, there's an argument basically with with where um, Yennefer and the two other sorceresses are trying to decide her fate. And you can decide whether you, versus when you're in the pub after you've rescued them from the prisons. Yeah. They're trying to decide Siri's fate. And you have the option then to go in with her to help Siri through it or whether to let her go in there on her own. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd be a bit of a bastard and just let her go in on her own. But apparently that's no. a good thing to do because it lets her develop herself and become more, you know, um, have more confidence in herself. I went in. Yeah, so that might be why you got the, the, the slightly worse ending. But actually, your ending sounds better than my end. I'd rather <laughs> I'd gone off with Siri and had some adventures and spent some more time with her because um, mine, I just came out of feeling fucking depressed. <laughs> it, it doesn't end on a total puzzle, though, because it says, you know, they travelled around for years together and then she kind of went off on her own and there wasn't much heard about her except tales of a, a silver-haired woman. Yeah, well, I mean, at least, you know, that's probably just because... Geralt was going off to bed Triss, I suppose. But it does it does it does make it interesting. I think um aside from that there are lots of other really good endings. And the, the, the good thing about the guide is it gives you those what happens uh kind of you know character endings. So the interesting one was the fate of the bloody baron. Yeah. Um which is kind of the you know way back in act 1 and of course we we got the one where he basically takes his wife Anna off to the blue mountains to go and try and find a cure. Yeah. The one if um basically if you made different decisions you can actually go back to get your payment from the uh the stronghold and you actually find the baron hanging uh he, he basically hung himself from a tree in the courtyard of his oh, of his building. Um <laughs> Which is a bit kind of like, okay. Um, and the Baron's wife turned into a grotesque hag and dies. Which is interesting. Um, Kira Metz, uh, who is um, probably your first uh, bedding. <laughs> if you don't include Yem, which you don't know if you do anything. Um, so Kira Metz, the sorceress. At the end of um, the battle, uh, she goes off with Lambert. Yeah. And they go off to further adventures. Um, very, very odd couple, if you ask me. I thought she could do better, to be honest. <laughs> but if you, um, if you kind of influence her so that she goes off to go and try and change Radovid's mind about mages, you actually find her in Hierarch Square in Novigrad being burnt to the stake. Nice. And there's a side mission where you and Triss go and basically take her body off the stake and go and try and give it a proper burial uh, oh, like God. I said a tad dark <laughs> yeah just, just a tad dark uh, another one interesting was, was the fate of the mages um, which is about uh, when Radovid is purging the mages if you if you successfully um, I think you basically kind of uh, you get the mages to escape which is what I think which is what we did uh, he decides, okay, can't get mages, so I'll go and do any other non-human. So elves and dwarves end up on the stakes. Oh, great. <laughs> so it's like someone's going to get staked here, right? Um, but obviously, if you didn't um, stop him uh, taking on the mages, then basically there's shitloads of mages just tied to stakes and being absolutely purged. I thought, I thought, I, I thought you got to kill Radovid. You do. Um, you get to assassinate him. Yes, I killed him. Yeah, I killed him too. Nasty piece of work. Um, but great character, just a nasty piece of work. Um, but I think that must be that purges before he does that. Yeah. Dijkstra, who again probably one of my favourite characters. So this is this is where you have a. Um, so basically, the emperor was repelled in the field. Radovid fell victim to assassins. That would be us. 
um, and a shadowy force took up the reins of power. If you completed all the assassins' quests and then uh, another quest with uh, reason, and you sided with Dijkstra, um, he basically ends up um, becoming uh, ruling essentially Novigrad uh, and um, bringing in industrialization. So uh, for the good of his subjects, but contrary to their will, apparently. So he basically becomes the ruler of, of Novigrad. Relatively amusing. Uh, so yeah, so I'm not going to go through all of them, but I just thought those were the ones that kind of really interested me more than anything else. Um, so yeah, it was uh, an amazing journey, an amazing game. Um, probably my favourite game of all time. If if people haven't guessed that by now, <laughs> it really is. And there's still loads I have to do. There's there's a fucking there's a, a Nilfgaardian garrison over to the east. I haven't even been to yet. It's sitting on my map, tormenting me, just sitting there looking at me. I haven't even gone to have a look yet. I briefly went over. I think there's a Witcher quest over there. Ah, probably is. But, you know, there's so many parts of this world I haven't actually kind of properly gone and had a look at yet. So I'm going to go back in. I'm going to dive back in and, and, um, you know, just spend some time kind of going back through it. I'm not sure I'm going to do a new game plus though. I'm not I'm not sure. I, I really I kind of want to because I kind of want to go and see what happens if I do things a different way. But at the same time I'm quite happy with my story. I'm quite happy with how it worked out. Yeah. Um and I don't I don't think I want it any other way in all honesty. Um did you want to talk about the DLC? I can do if you like. Yeah, why not? Um you can take the lead on this one because my throat's very poor. Um, so <laughs> this is this is Heart of Stone. This came out um, a fair while after the three what months after the game released. Yeah, it only came out about what was it about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Now. Yeah, so probably about three months, four months after the game came out. Something it like did, that. Yes. Something like that. So off your trot. Yes, um, this is the D- the first of two planned DLCs for uh, The Witcher Three. Um, this basically takes you on kind of uh, I don't know how to describe it it nicely takes you away from the game if you will um, so I found most of it to be quite surreal basically... I, I, I looked at this when I played this as a prologue Yeah. so I kind of um, obviously you have to be a level 30 plus to do this mm. um, but because there's a kind of romance option in there and because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be nasty to Tris, it didn't make sense for me to have this yeah, this yeah, storyline after the closure of The Witcher. So I very much treated this as a prologue. Well, if you look at it this way, obviously she never finds out about it. Well, we don't know that. <laughs> the next DLC will probably have you being flayed from the rafters by the whip words. I dare you! Yeah, you, you basically... Um... You, you come you come across this character early on who uh... oh Christ I'm doing this totally the wrong way and I'm trying to think now right <laughs> and my mind's gone blank rhymes there oh well done mate so you meet Gauntro Dim but you don't to begin with oh no do you don't do you because no, you, you, you're sent on a mission that's why I'm getting confused. you pick up you pick up what you think is a normal Witcher contract to kill to go and kill a beast creature. in the sewers yes can you take it from there? 
Um, yes, you're basically sent to the sewers to basically kill this uh, I'm really creep. Basically no, no, I, in the last I, I, ten I'm good with my basically. It's because I'm tired. <laughs> um, you get this contract where you have to go into the sewers to kill this creature that's been terrorising the area and making folk disappear. Um, this creature is basically revealed to be a gigantic toad, um, which, when you kill it, turns into a prince. Ah. Uh. What would have happened if you kissed it? Because that's what all those women were going down there to do, wasn't it? Well, the fact that they were all lying around dead probably answers that one. <laughs> that's true. Um, as soon as you kill kill this thing, these soldiers turn up from a faraway land and throw you onto a ship um, because you've actually apparently just killed their prince. Yeah. And then you have the frog prince. Mm-hmm. Um, while you're on board, the uh, ship being taken away the judgment with the king, the prince's father, obviously. Um, you meet a character on there who's, you know, he's kind of nice to you. You get to know him a little bit. Um, and then going through a dim turns up. The mirror man. The mirror man and says, you know, I can get you out of this, but you want me a favour. <laughs> and suddenly a storm hits the vessel. Um, you're washed up on a beach, being dragged away by the surviving soldiers. Um, the nice person you just about got uh, a bit of an attachment to his head dangling from one of their belts because they've obviously <laughs> decided he's uh, too much trouble. And you launched into what for me was one of the most difficult battles I've it ever It was had. a bugger. I don't know what it was about that battle, but you had, I think, eight soldiers and this mage. And I've taken on odds like that lots and not had the trouble I had with this fucking mage. It was really hard. Oh, yes. To the point of, I think I tried it eight or nine times to defeat this guy. Um, I, I did it on the first try. Oh, here it was we just, go. It was just extremely difficult. Uh, well, okay, fine. Obviously, don't yeah, I, I think it was... I wasn't used to fighting anything like that. It was kind of a new enemy type, and I'm like... Well, I was doing? quite, I was quite hopeful. I thought they were going to take you off, and then there'd be this, this, like you say, this whole new enemy, this whole new, not race of men as such, but you know, I thought there might be more fights against mages like that, or, or and I was getting quite excited by it. But they never turn up again. Yeah, perhaps a teaser for the next uh, DLC. Oh, maybe. oh, there we go. Uh, you kill this mage, and you go and meet Gaunter, who says, you know, if you do this, it, it brands you with this bizarre tattoo on your head mm -hmm. and says you know if you do these things if you do these things for me I, I need to I need to collect a soul or something isn't it yeah but I, I have to do it by proxy and you're kind of the proxy man and you've got to go and see this guy and he'll ask you to do three things and you've got to do those three things for him yeah and they they kind of take the 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 like you you kind of had the acts in the main game where you know you, but then this is kind of the three um the three things you have to do the three quests you're given on this kind of make the they make the the the, the they, they are the three bits so you've kind of got the, the the wedding which is kind of the first bit so you you go off and you meet um yeah well to, just to pad out the character giving the quest this is a a person who's been 
he was helped, so to speak, by going through in the past, and he's basically immortal. Yeah, his name's Olgrid. Olgrid von Ederick. isn't it? Olgrid von Ederick. And he can't be killed, um, which is very much brought on by the fact that you have to fight him quite early on. And at the end of the fight, you decapitate him, to which he basically just lifts his head up, which is still being held on by a flap of skin and reattaches it to his body. Hmm. It's like, okay. And he gives you these three things to do, um, which make up the three acts. The first of which is to show his brother a good time, the time <laughs> of his life. Um, now, he's deliberately giving you things that he thinks are impossible for you to complete because he knows, he, he kind of knows why you're doing this, that Gaunt has come to collect, if you will. Hmm. Uh, so he's, he, But obviously, you can only do so if these three things are completed by proxy. So the first one to do is show his, you know, show his brother the time of his life. The problem is his brother's dead. So you meet up with what's it? What's she called? I'm sure she was. She's been in great. You, you like you lay with her and you can't even remember her name. It's Shana. Well, you know, Shana. Shani. Shani. Yeah. Shani is brilliant because Shani's a throwback to The Witcher One. Um, yeah. She was a love interest in The Witcher One, and there's some backstory there from the books as well. Uh, yeah, so it's so, fucking amazing to meet her again. So, I liked her a lot. So for this first this first quest, you basically find his brother's grave. Um, summon his ghost. Um, by this point, you've obviously already met Shani um, mm-hmm. earlier on in the game. Um, you run into her again, and she basically said, you know, I've got a wedding I need to go to. And his brother's ghost thinking, you know, oh, this is going to be great. A party. Uh, but he's still a little sad because he's a ghost and he can't touch or interact with anything and only Geralt can see him. Uh, but he soon figures out that he can possess Geralt. And take control of his body. Which is fantastic. Oh, yes. The animation on that is just brilliant. Um, you know, Geralt, who we're very... You know, I've spent 160 hours with Geralt. Um, you know, you know his animations, but like the back of your hands. And, and then he gets possessed by... All, um, oh, what's his name? It's not it's not Olgrid. It's, it's, um, what's his brother's name? Oh, oh. We'll just call him the other Von Everick brother. Vladimir. 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 Yeah, and he 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 basically possesses Geralt, and his whole stance change. He walks around with his hands on his hips, with his chest puffed out, and he's kind of swaggering it. around, and it's absolutely brilliant. And he is a fucking amazing flirt. He is just, uh, he's just brilliant. He's an amazingly good character, a complete dick, but a brilliant, brilliant character. Um, carry on, because you get to this wedding with um, with Shani. Yeah, now this isn't your kind of normal game thing. There's no combat involved here at all uh, you basically have to partake in this wedding and it's various things that are going on in the evening such as the game of Gwent yes uh, which I I oh we, should, we didn't mention this in the main game but Gwent you know some people spend like hours just playing Gwent I, I avoided awful. Gwent like the bloody plague I've got no if I started playing Gwent and I'm not, I'm not a particularly big fan of kind of computer card games or anything like that anyway um, but I could just see that distracting me massively from from everything. So I didn't um, I didn't play Gwen at all. Yeah, but, well, uh, as, I, as so a... I bailed out this. I basically threw the game. Yes, so did I. And you end up having to wear these incredible donkey ears, which are brilliant for the rest of the uh, this particular section of the uh, 
of, of the quest, if you will. Although you can choose to keep them on if you like. Yep. Uh, so yeah, you, there's just loads of nice little things that happen at this wedding. There's the whole, the whole, the, the dance scene was a particular the highlight for me. Yeah. It just seems so sort of out of the rest of the game, if you will. Yeah, I mean, there was some really, some really good... So, essentially, you go to this kind of enclosed little village where they're having a wedding from for people who Shani knows. Shani, I think, knew the the bride. Because um, I think she was a student with her or something like that, or she taught her or something. Um, and Geralt is being, obviously, possessed and is just being a complete tool. <laughs> and he has... This kind of, it's kind of like loads of mini-games. So there's one where you kind of go to a pool and you have to dive down and find a shoe... Um, there's another one where you've got kind of uh, herd pigs into a pen. Um, there's the Gwent one, obviously. Did you, did you cheat on that one and use the uh, use your uh, sign to influence the pigs' minds? Shit, no, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. I think I tried to use um, Ard to sort of blow them in, and it wouldn't work, and it just wouldn't it just wouldn't do it. I didn't really, fuck, I don't know, now it would have made my life so much easier. You, you, you do it, but they instantly realise that you've tricked them. And you end up having to fight them with paddle boards. Oh, I had to fight them with paddle boards anyway. I think yeah. just because um, I think he, Vladimir just basically insulted them and called them all peasants. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, well, that's obviously the outcome. But yeah, if you'd have used your. Uh, what's the mind one called? Axie. Axie, yeah. If you use Axie on the pigs, they just nice follow you into the pen. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I like that. Oh, man, that's good. But yeah, so the wedding was um, a particular highlight of mine. Oh, just a, a superb. From different from anything we've ever seen before, you know, showing an element of humour, an element because obviously they they have to do this thing we've talked about a little bit tonight already about Geralt not having any emotion, um, and this allows him to be, you know, to have that emotion even if it's not him, and it does actually, it does allow him to kind of, uh, you know, break out of his character a little bit even in in real life, and yeah. then you get to woo the lovely Sharni as well. Oh yes. Now. Did you what present did you take her? I took her the flowers because I read in the inventory that was what she wanted. Yeah. Now, apparently, if anybody hasn't done this, because I took her the flowers as well, because that obviously seemed blatantly obvious to me, because again, I read the inventory too. Um, but if you um, if you take her a bottle of alcohol, the you would need to YouTube this, but the love scene with um, Shani takes a decidedly more humorous twist. Not That's all I'll say about it. So go go watch it because it's 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 worth it. It's funny. Um, and then uh, shit turns dark. I think. No, no, no. It, it, no, it does. Doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it kind of does. It starts to give a hint that it's doing at the end of that quest because you know Geralt and Shani, while they, they don't particularly like Vladimir, have kind of got used to him being around and that. They're trying to politely tell him it's time to go back to his grave, mm. at which point Gaunter turns up and uh, banishes him, basically. Yeah, causing him what appears to be great agony. Yeah, um, but no, it doesn't quite get dark. The, the, the next bit I was thinking of is kind of the um, oh, the heist. The heist, which yeah, the se- the second bit is uh, the second wish is you have to get. Uh, is it Max Borsodi's house? Yes, Bors- uh, Bors- Borsodi's house or the house of Borsodi or something like that. Yeah, which is basically 
an auction house, it's or so an, we think. It's yeah, it's an auction house, or so you think. But it turns out that it's something locked in the vault in the auction house. So you have is... to go and recruit your 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 heist crew, Ocean's Eleven style. I oh, thought I, this was just brilliant. It was such a good time. I did like before you get to that point when you first go to the auction house. How you had kind of had that bit of closure on the side of Vesemir as well. Yeah, because you bump into a woman who. Was romanced by him, sort of. Was, ro- was romanced earlier. by him, but also you, you get the feeling it was a bit more than that because yes. he repeatedly went back to her, and that you get the, get the impression that with witches it's very much one night stands. Um, but it seemed like this was someone Vesemir met in his youth. She's obviously completely hung up on him because she now collects witcher gear. Is kind of a uh, that's her thing. Um, she married somebody who she didn't love. Who she says something like. Um, Luckily, he died very quickly and left me a massive fortune. Yeah. Uh, so he obviously has held a torch for him. I felt legitimately bad telling her about yes, Bessie's so fate. I felt actually quite sort of bad. But it was, it was again, it was a really nice touch and something that ties into the main game. That you know, although I guess as I am playing this as I, I, I was trying to play this as like I say as a prequel, and that kind of ruined the illusion for me. Um, <laughs> I was quite happy to accept that just because. Yeah, it was such a nice. So yeah, your second your second task to get this Max Force or this house, um, which it transpires is in a vault, which is impossible to get into. So you have to recruit people to perform a heist. Um, now this this again was interesting because it kind of gives you options of who you can choose, and it gives you, you know, a little bit of a flashback, a little bit of a flash to who they are, what they do. Yeah, you get to you get to choose one of two of each type of so you, if you want a safe breaker you get the choice of uh a dwarf who's very good yeah. with explosives allegedly and you get a choice of the guy i chose who was um a kind of a lock uh, a master yeah, lock that was breaker. who i went for as well yeah but apparently the um the dwarf is is amusing um because you go and go to find the dwarf and uh he's having an argument with his wife and um they, so you have to kind of smooth all that out but in the end basically no matter what you do he ends up blowing himself up on the roof of his house <laughs> say no more about that it was the other one as well the uh, the kind of stealthy one that you used to get into the auction house which I, I thought was the best I, do, I, got, I, I took the lady with me yeah well you basically got the choice of a lady or a halfling oh yes and I went to find the halfling first. Oh, of course, yeah, and he's in the house. And yes, so, and you think, all right, you know, I've made my choice, I've got recruited. Um, you get to the house where he's allegedly holed up, and some people have got there before you. You basically find his ear. <laughs> and when you follow the trail, um, the trail sort of ends at the side of a river, and you fight a couple of bandits. Right. It just tells you at that point, right? You need to find where he is now, and you're basically jumping the river, and he's basically uh, swimming, swimming with the fishes, so to speak. He's floating in the uh, at the bottom of the lake. Oh, well, I suppose that makes it block. makes it uh, an interesting way of doing it because they give you this choice, but then they just take that choice away from you in an amazing yes. way, so you're stuck with the. So the yeah, so I, just, I, just, I was wondering how they were going to do that. But, yeah. So okay. yeah, obviously choice taken away I went for the acrobat yeah uh, the third one I don't think was out of any particular note 
Uh, I can't even remember who he was. <laughs> Obviously had a good effect. So yeah, you, you then perform this heist, um, which goes tits up. Obviously, because uh, yeah, <laughs> it was going to. Ends with the auction house surrounded by soldiers, which again leads to a very humorous scene. Um, you, you have to stall them, and Geralt kind of takes over. And it, again, this, this kind of seems slightly out of character for him again. Uh, he's threatening the guard outside, saying, "You know, we're going to kill any, we're going to kill everyone inside unless you tell me a joke." So <laughs> it, it, it forces this guard outside to tell him a joke, and he's like, oh, "Really? Is that the best you've got? You've got ten minutes to think of another joke, or I'll kill somebody." And you then use this time to sort of break into the vault. Um, you find that Max Borsodi's house is literally just that. It's a wooden house with obviously some important documents inside. It's the will of the, of the fathers, I think. Ah. Uh, um, obviously, you don't let uh, Olgier get those uh, because he specifically asked for the house. He didn't ask for what was inside it. So, you kind of by default, you complete that mission. And I will apologise in advance for anyone who's picked up on the clanking noise in the background. Um, on, on, on the evening we're telling this tale of yours, it is quite windy and rainy outside, and my letterbox is flapping in the wind. Oh, that's I sweet. There's a little touch of the northern there we go. something. Um, and then, then we do get dark. Oh, yeah. Because then we get to the story of... Um, I, don't, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically you travel through paintings. And so quite you, literally. Yeah, you go through uh, to a world. You, you, you're told to go and... Olgir basically tells you he wants the rose or something like that. The the rose that he last he gave his wife or something like that. I'm not even sure if it was a rose specifically. I think it was. He definitely mentioned a rose. And you go to his old estate and it's decrepit and it's obviously haunted. <laughs> really obviously haunted. You go and have a fight with a gravedigger who is a badass. That that was very bloodborne. That fight was. It was very bloodborne and it was really hard. And, and it's, it, do... it's, it, it's a shame that fight wasn't much earlier in the main game because the uh, weapon you end up without. Yeah, the uh, gravedigger's shovel or whatever it's called. Oh, it, it replenishes uh, hit points as you whack people. It yeah, replenishes it's, your it's, health. A, it's a bloody good weapon actually. Um, but yeah, you meet and... uh, a dog and a cat. That can talk. Yeah, who can who can talk? And you're kind of sitting there thinking, really? I think I know where this is going. You go into the house, and it's obviously just a freaky fucking weird thing, and there's a wraith there, and you think, okay, so his wife is basically a wraith. This is going to just be like, oh, I'm going to have to go oh, and kill a wraith. It took me ages to figure out how to kill that bloody thing. Really? What thing? That wraith you fight in the house. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? I, I, I couldn't. I, it took me about four attempts before I figured out you have to smash the painting before it got back into it. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, so you, you kind of get uh, I, I, the scenes of, of, of kind of the marriage between Olgird and um, his wife, who I can't remember the name of. I want to say Anna, but that's probably not right. Um, and how it all went wrong. And it, it essentially tells the story of Olgird and how, how he made a deal with um, Gaunter to essentially to, to be able to have a happy life and it just shows how, how it kind of all went wrong and uh, you can see he's kind of he's tried to summon demons which is essentially what the dog and the cat are and he's tried to 
uh, he, he, he kind of holed up in the house with the wife. The wife can never kind of go anywhere. Um, he kills the wife's father, which is kind of um, yeah. brushed over quite rapidly. <laughs> I mean, he literally smashes his head in in front of the wife and just that's it. Um, she dies um, effectively of a broken heart. I mean, there's nothing, you know, that's that's basically what it is. Um, it, was, it was nice traveling through the paintings and how it was like it, the, the art, the kind of graphic style in there. I was an entirely painted world. Like yeah, and it, was, it was really nicely done, and I did kind of, I was, you know, quite, you quite felt for the wife towards the end of it. Um, but you get, you get the, um, the the rose. You take it back to old. Ah, and... did you get the rose? Yeah, of course. No, I didn't. I didn't take it. Oh, did you not? No. So what happens uh, if you don't take it? Um. If you don't how are you take... supposed to fulfil your promise? Ah, well, herein is a mystery. Um, you are still able to fulfil the promise. Uh, I think if you if you take the rose from it, basically means she she gets to go to the afterlife or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously the dog and the cat are trying to prevent that for some reason. I don't know. No, why. they wanted to. They wanted to give it up. Yeah. So I chose the option where they didn't give it up. Um, um, she keeps the rose. And instead, what Geralt does when he comes back out of the painted world, um, the painting is basically of um, Algier and his wife stood in front of the house, um, but his wife's holding the rose. So oh. he basically tears that part of the painting off. Oh, bloody vandal. And uh, hands that to Algier, which means you complete the quest. Uh, that's sad. Yeah. And then... This is kind of endgame, and this can have two very different endings. And I think we both chose separate ones. Yeah, completely different endings. Yeah. Um, I didn't particularly like Gaunter because he was, like you said, he was a bit of a bastard. Yes. Um, Did you see the, the scene with him in the pub? Where he basically sticks that spoon through that guy's eye. Yeah. He freezes oh, yes. time, and then you've got a man who's sort of walking or running or something like that but he's holding a wooden spoon in his hand and Gaunter just takes the wooden spoon out of his hand while time is frozen and just pushes it really slowly and deliberately through this man's eye and out the back of his skull and then just lets it go and then when he leaves he has a conversation with Geralt and then when he leaves he starts time again and this bloke just falls dead to the floor and everyone's like what the <laughs> fuck happened here <laughs> yeah so, so basically you then have to yeah so a bit of a bastard is Clark oh puts yes it. You go to a certain spot on the map. Um, I think we have to take all gear there or meet him there or something. And Gaunter shows up, and you know it's time to collect. But you're given the choice of letting Gaunter take all soul, or you can kind of side with all and you know try to vanquish the Mirror Man once and for all. Now the ending I chose was to. <laughs> let him take all gears uh, soul and I kind of like the, the kind of sinister edge uh, ending to it um, it basically just grabs hold of all geared uh, and it starts ripping it starts ripping the life from him you know you know like in I don't know, the Indiana Jones and the last crusade where he drinks from yeah. the wrong he yeah. drinks from the wrong uh, cup cup and it, it just starts to rapidly age that sort of happens and uh Gaunter's kind of cradling him as he's doing as he's happening to him, and he just ends up with his skull left in his hand, 
Uh, he, he sort of thanks Geralt and he offers him, you know, what he wants. He offers you, if he, he, he offers you riches, yeah. but never go hungry. I mean, if you if you take the riches option, I think he gives you five thousand gold. Uh, I I chose the never go hungry, where he basically gives you a horn of plenty, meaning that you have an infinite supply of food. Right. Um, and then he basically turns around. And starts to walk away while uh, going to walks away, whistling that tune, that, that sort of tune, which is the overture to every time he turns up in the game, uh-huh. uh, sort of throwing the skull up and down in his hand, and then he just throws it high in the air, and the camera pans to this guy, and it just kind of puts like the the end title sequence up, which I thought was it was just really well done. Oh, I might have to go YouTube that one. Now, my thing, did you just out of interest, did you do the um, the quest? Before that was Sharni to go and find the guy who is who is doing the research into Gaunter. Oh right, yes. Yeah. So there was a quest line where it was like a very secondary quest line. You didn't have to go and do it. It's all entirely optional. Where you can go and you ba- you you break into the university grounds to go and see uh, an expert in Gaunter Odim or the Mirror Man to see if I'm not even quite sure what what the reason was. Just to get some more information about him or something. Now, if you don't do that quest, when you get to the end game, when you get to the bit that Clarky's just described, you don't get the option to save Olgird because you don't know what Gaunter's weakness is. And, and Gaunter's weakness is, uh, is essentially gambling, is essentially sort of playing games. Well, I did, yeah, I did do that quest. For people's souls. Enough to act on it. Yeah. So that came up and it said, you know, you're essentially saying... Um, I will risk my soul in place of Olgird's to, to, to let him escape, you know, to, to free him. And what happens is, uh, and it's quite confusing, it's not done, it's, I'm not saying it's not done well, it's just I, I wasn't quite sure what it had to do. You, you get transported into another plane, you get taken to Gaunter's world, which is a, a very nightmarish, um, lots of, of, of you know at night kind of lots of gothic kind of hillocks and, and stuff like a graveyard but it's all been kind of turned up and you have to, to try and find him and you, you essentially follow this path but you're on a timer and this is a weird one because they've not really done timed missions previously um, in, in the Witcher game so it's kind of it was difficult because again it's one of those is the problem with putting a timer on it's really if you know, if you can see where you've got to get to, you can kind of gauge how much time you've got and whether you can fuck about or not. So yeah. there were lots of places in that in that mission where I thought, oh, I could maybe stop and go and have a look over there, or I could. There looks like there's something over there, but I wasn't sure how much time I had to get to the end game because I couldn't see what the end was. Um, so I reckon I missed quite a bit of stuff in there. I reckon I missed maybe picking up some loot or maybe small other elements uh, or I, I've read, or... read over this and you definitely missed picking up some loot uh, okay there's quite there's an extremely powerful witcher sword you can get oh brilliant brilliant well yeah didn't get that so uh, you chase uh, you chase Gaunter into a, a, a building where there's essentially he, he's he tells you a riddle at the beginning before you go into this world he says you need to you know he, he gives you this riddle a bit like when you're playing when you know when when Bilbo's taking on Gollum under the mountain and um, you have to kind of try and work out what it means you bet you're going to find him and, and essentially it's you have to find this 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 fountain and this pool of water and when you look into it you reach in and you grab Gaunter and you pull him out 
and that's how you defeat him and it's a bit anticlimactic it's done quite nicely but it's still a bit you still you do feel a bit kind of like huh all right um and that's kind of it he kind of disappears i think you bested him i'm not sure i think he just disappears forever i'm not sure if he dies i think you see his true form and then he kind of fades away uh and then you kind of go back and you have a little chat with all good who just sort of says thank you very much gives you his sword um, because he's going to go and try and make another life of, you know, for himself doing something different and not being such an ass. So he's kind of found redemption. Um, so yeah, two very very different endings, um, both fitting, I suppose. Oh, definitely. But the thing to say about that 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 DLC, what's that? Eight hours, ten hours worth of gameplay, eight quid. Yeah, that's right. No, it was well worth every I mean, penny. Absolute bargain. But anyway, so that's that's kind of The Witcher. That's our spoiler cast. That's two and a bit out of spoiler cast Jesus um, I guess I to wrap up really was there anything you didn't like about the game um, I did write a few cons down go on um, I only had one really go on what was yours those bloody foot trails foot trails either f- uh, when you had to activate your witcher senses and you either oh, had to yeah, follow, follow footprints the... or stench <laughs> and it was just the most overused thing in the game and it was just like oh here we go again I'm following some I bastard didn't. footprints I didn't mind that too much um, Gwent was one of them yeah, uh, but that was fine because you could easily avoid it yeah I know true um, it was a little easy to fall into uh, areas with high level enemies in it I liked that though no I didn't cause I, I once went totally the wrong direction ended up basically having to fight for my life all the way back yeah no i see i like that i think there's a pacific part in vellum when you first kind of go exploring and there's a a castle that's set uh, or a tower or something like that's set just off the coast with a little bridge leading over to it and there's just this massive bastard griffin flying around the top of it oh yeah and as you approach you just think nah he, he that that <laughs> looks bigger than than the normal ones I'm going to get fucked on if I... And you just keep creeping forward because you're waiting for that thing to pop up above its head to tell you what level it is. Yeah. But by the time it does that, it's seen you. And you're just running down that path with this bloody griffin chasing you down. You have to be at like, level 32 to take that bastard on. <laughs> um, I, I quite liked that. I know what you mean, though. It'd be quite nice if yeah. on the on the map it kind of gave you level indication. Oh, definitely. Also, but I quite, also quite like... There was one bit where I went to find... Um, I found a lesion and it was just north of Oxenfurt and I must have been fairly lowly at that time and I just got my ass I tried several times to take it on or just to sneak past it to get to the treasure it was guarding couldn't yeah. do it um, but I came back when I was about level 15 so it was only about level 12 at lesion or something and I just kicked its ass so it was interesting to sort of see that as you powered up how, how much easier the game got <laughs> Uh, what else was there? I didn't like the... Uh, I, I found the menu system to be a little bit slow. Oh, mate, you should have been on it before. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But there's a lot of info. I'm not quite sure how they could have made it a huge amount better. I did find it... Clunky. I wish they'd had... The only thing I missed on that was I wish they'd have given you um, an immediate map screen. Yes. So I didn't have to go into it, into it, there's the map. I could have just, you know, maybe if I pressed the the left side of the touchpad on the PS4, it would have booted up my map immediately or something like that. I wish there'd have been something like that. That would have been nice. Um, Roach. 
What's wrong with Roach? You, you, seriously, you and Pet and horses. There's something going on there. I don't know what you've done to horses the, in another the thing, life. The, the thing was great when it was on the open road. But as soon as you came in contact with a piece of scenery, it just spazzed out. It I just, gets... I never had that. Oh, I. Admittedly, whenever I got to a town or something like that, I walk it and then I park it and then I get off it and then I walk and run it everywhere else. If I get anywhere where it looks like it's going to be sort of like I've got to weave through things, I'm off that horse. I did try taking it through. Um, I took it through Novigrad at full gallop once. That was quite fun. Oh Jesus! But it did quite well. I didn't get. I didn't spaz out or anything like that. Once or twice, it sort of smashed into no. a wall. Well, well, the, these were very, very minor things on what was a fantastic game. Mm. Just sad that there's not going to be any more. Apart from well, there the is new DLC, but yeah. Uh, well, never mind. I mean, that's that's the only cons I had. Uh, you know, uh, everyone knows how I feel about this game. Probably the best game I've ever played. Certainly, one I'll be going to spend some more time in. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll probably say... end up completing everything that's in it. Oh, definitely. Um, we're saying this, but I wouldn't be surprised if they hold up somewhere, penciling out which for. I don't think so. I'm, I'm fairly sure they said that's it. Mm. I mean, I know it's sold fucking well. I really hope they do do more because I think there's a whole lot of stories there. I don't know if they can make more of Geralt because also where the books are at the moment. I'm not sure unless they do kind of prequels or something like that. Or I, I, they could have done well. The, the first book you get with the Witcher is called The Last Wish, and it's essentially um, short stories, and it's uh, a tale of uh, Witcher goes to convalesce at a uh, almost like a, a, a convent, if you like, a monastery, and as when he's there, he's kind of they, they, they relive short stories about what he's been up to so like tales of his adventures yeah. and they could do quite a nice game just on that kind of premise where it's not like a whole overarching story like the witches have been so far but it's maybe short um, mission structures like that where you're kind of going into delving into past times or something like that but I'm, I'm not sure if they can go through for knowing what I know about where the stories go and obviously you know we've just come to an ending with Geralt we know what happens to him we know he retires I mean obviously they can make it what they want to but oh, I'm just thinking virtual reality Geralt oh, I'm thinking virtual over. reality Triss yeah groin attachment oh. <laughs> anyway uh, we have waffled on for far too long I hope you enjoyed uh, the oft promised Witcher um, Witcher spoiler cast and um, you'll join us again for the future Fallout 4 spoiled cast. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's not promise anything that I ain't going to complete. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Um, if you want to follow us as usual uh, at Confessional Pod, I'm at Vimes74, Clarky's at Clarky Snap. Um, and we will see you on the main show probably several days after you listen to this. So thank you very much and good night. <laughs>